0: i it. Cool. it. I know i know i know where i am now snatched is the movie we saw for this but i'll let dingus explain more first let me introduce christian matoski
1: wow you jumped to the c word pretty fast
0: <laughs> and with a snatched tagline kelly wand take that king arthur
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: do you guys know it beat king arthur Like that's how that's how poorly King Arthur did.
3: Oh my god. Uh Although
0: Well we'll get to this in a minute. right, Kelly One, you have other
3: part of the problem. Because we were like fuck King Arthur. Well they have other other taglines for snatched. (laughs) Goldie hostel. I'm not gonna accept that one. That one Yeah. Goldie Uh, Caristas, maybe. It's not like Captain Ron enough. That one I'm okay with. All right. That's all I have. (laughs) All right. Those are good. Dingus, uh, okay. Now you can – don't
0: spoil anything, but Dingus, give the listeners a little bit of detail. We can infer from Kelly Wan's tagline that apparently Goldie Hawn was in this thing. Hmm.
1: Well, this week we saw Snatched. Wow. 2017 American action comedy movie. What? Action, comedy, comedy. yeah. Me, uh, about how to cheer up a depressed cat. It was directed by Jonathan Levine and written by Katie Diphold. Mm-hmm. Appropriate. It stars Amy Schumer, Goldie Hawn, Ike Barinholtz, Christopher Maloney, and Brr. Bashir Sal- Salahuddin.
0: Oh, was he the State Department guy?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. Um, Snatched is rated R. Really? For yeah, it's hard to believe. Here's why. Here's why it's rated R. Uh, for crude sexual content, brief nudity. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Partial. language, language throughout. Uh, all right,
0: Kelly, one. Does that cover all the bases? Is there anything missing from those parental disclaimer warning things?
3: I declare this movie fun for all ages, except mine. <laughs> if I was 10, I would have liked it, probably. Not Very discerning.
0: Huh. Sounds like Kelly Wan did not like Snatched. We'll find out more about that in a moment. First, America also did not like Snatched because, well, they, did, they, did like, they liked King Arthur they liked less. liked King Arthur. So yeah, Snatched came in second place behind, uh, I guess, Guardians of the Galaxy. Then Snatched, then King Arthur. And made $17.5 million, whereas King Arthur didn't even quite reach, uh, I think,
3: $15 million. Am I looking at that right? Damn. I blame mothers for not being interested in King Arthur, <laughs> even though my mom likes King Arthur. She went to that instead of Snatched? No, she didn't see anything. All right. <laughs> but, but they're not going to go to King Arthur's. their go-to. On Mother's Day. Well, CinemaScore has
0: something to say about that because they'll, they pulled some people that went on Friday night, which isn't Mother's Day, but it's like a Mother's Day weekend screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mother's Day, Eve, Eve. Right? Eve, Eve. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, CinemaScore, though, the, the idiots that were pulled by CinemaScore, they didn't like it. It got a B. And that's bad news. When you Whoa. get a B on CinemaScore, that's trouble.
3: That's they flunking. Yeah. If you're an idiot,
0: King Arthur got a B plus, even. So. Oh. Idiots liked that more, even though they didn't like that. B plus is not good. You should get an A. If you don't get an A on CinemaScore, you're screwed. Rotten Tomatoes: the percentage of reviews positive for Snatched, thirty six percent. The <laughs> average King rating. King Arthur. King Arthur is something like uh, like thirteen. It's like it's mercilessly oh, low. Yeah, it got savaged. Oh my. Uh, Metacritic: the average rating for various reviews of Snatched is forty six. All right, that's all the math I got. Kelly Wand, what did I just see? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you spoil uh, it for us, please?
3: What do you think what you saw would be called in my hand out of your face? A snitch toptist. Mm. <laughs> you added an eye. I. I guess there's an eye opposite.
1: <laughs> you called it a snitch because snitch. of the wire, I bet. Or because of Guy
3: Ritchie, which is another movie. That's not ah. Wait, that wasn't called Snitch either. Snitch, you're thinking of a Dwayne Johnson movie. Wait, I just realized that. Wait,
0: Snatch is a Guy Ritchie movie. Snitch is a Dwayne Johnson. Snatch is Guy Ritchie. Snatched snatched is uh, the people we're about to hear about. So it's like Guy Ritchie was competing against himself this weekend. I know, yeah. And lost. (laughs) This sucks when you can't beat yourself,
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That must have been him.
3: I should have just switched the titles to the... Okay. Uh, Snatch opsis <laughs> Question mark Should I think I remember seeing in Snatched A couple nights ago Amy Schumer plays a dumb Lazy woman in her 30s who has somehow Managed to not get fired as a sales Girl at the Gap till a couple seconds After the movie starts Randall Park wears a hat He breaks up <laughs> <laughs> He breaks up with Amy Schumer for having only one vagina. And also because, as he puts it, his, quote, band is taking off. Randall Park's band. Can't wait to see the payoff of that. (laughs) Although neither of these characters seems very cut out for Ecuador and Schumer has no money, she got them both non-refundable tickets for there to celebrate nothing mentioned. She bought the tickets. It's part of the plot. Amy Schumer is embarrassed because her mom doesn't understand how to work Facebook. Ugh. Why can't she just be more like other people's tech savvy moms? Schumer announces her breakup to everyone she knows by changing relationship status to bad. The only one of her friends who cares about this is her mom. <laughs> Amy Schumer's brother, when she's in that scene, she's like, no, you're doing this on my wall. Isn't she typing that on her wall? Like, is that making it worse? (laughs) Never mind. Amy Schumer's brother's like Jonah from Veep if Theon played him. (laughs) (laughs) He lives with Goldie Hawn and can't pronounce the word mom. How Goldie Hawn feels about her sons, not delved into. None of her friends want to go to Ecuador for free with Schumer, and unfortunately, she doesn't know any other males besides Randall Park yet. I'd go to Ecuador with any girl who covered my airfare. It's the only reason I do a podcast. Since Schumer hates the idea of going with her mom, she asked her mom to go with her. (laughs) Goldie's not interested unless it's non-refundable. Then she's still not interested. But Amy Schumer asked her again, so now she's interested. I guess they drive to Ecuador since we see them in a car. Amy Schumer takes a picture of herself in the passenger seat and says she has to take another one because her mom's arm's in the shot. Ugh. Wait, Schumer thinks her mom's retarded for not getting Facebook, but Schumer doesn't know you can crop photos? Wait, how would people on Facebook know that arm has to be her mom's? Wait, whose car in the hotel lobby Goldie Hawn thinks a white drink handed to her by a bellboy is whale cum? So she spits it in her daughter's face because, A, that's what she'd do with whale cum, and, two, because she doesn't speak Spanish. Since Schumer called ahead to get two queen-size beds, the hotel doesn't care. To celebrate being in a couple scenes, Wanda Sykes plays a black American lady with a white sidekick who, quote, used to be in special ops. This sidekick is so badass and capable. She got her tongue cut off. <laughs> That's how mean she is. Her and Wanda's jobs to wander poolside in Ecuadorian resort and say things to the guests about what a bad area it is. Schumer makes her mom wait in the hotel room while she goes down to the bar to drink alone. <laughs> it's the trip I wanted to take. A handsome Australian hits on her, so she publicly washes her vagina and lets him drive her to a rave in the jungle somewhere. There she kills a guy by dancing with him. Instead of kidnapping her while she's alone at night, the guy drives her back, then instead of having sex with her, tells her that her tits out. She's vaguely interested. The guy invites her and her mom to go on an endless drive early in the morning to go look at some water. Instead of saying, oh, I blew off my mom tonight, let's blow her off tomorrow, too. She's enthusiastic about this. When she pitches this plan to her mom in bed, Goldie's again not interested and vastly prefers the prospect of staying in Ecuador in bed the next day. So to persuade her mom to find her day-long company more enjoyable, she tears out the last seven pages of her mom's book and sticks them in her blouse. Her mom has no choice now to do whatever her drunken daughter says. The book's that good. Can't wait to see how that's paid off the book thing the next day the australian drives them to a lame village then in accordance with spoiler alert a very lucrative kidnapping plan another car rams into the australian's car <laughs> doing thousands of dollars worth of damage it's <laughs> <laughs> a different car every time he does it <laughs> seems like they're losing money on the car plus the other car <laughs> because they want him to seem... Him... Never mind. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Some guys in mass abduct Amy and Goldie in broad daylight in front of all the villagers. Amy Schumer wakes up in a cell to find her mom in a scorpion reading porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is true. I know. You're
0: not, do- you're not, doing- you're not adding much, Kelly. It it That's seems
3: like- kind of a good opsis where it's yeah. just a transcription. <laughs> as <it> was- <laughs> And it's a comedy. The Ecuadorians call Theon to ask him for ransom. But Theon's such a loser, he gets scared for their safety and calls the State Department. <laughs> what an asshole. Like most Trump employees, the State Department guy's black. So he laughs at Theon, hangs up. Theon calls back and tries to blackmail the black guy by pointing out that he's on Facebook. So the black guy threatens to murder him. Since Goldie and Amy are now worthless to the kidnappers, the Ecuadorian ties them up, puts them in a trunk, and has his son drive them to a gas station to ask for directions. <laughs> Amy uses her well-established resourcefulness to notice that she's poorly tied and that kidnappers don't know how trunks work. She and her mom chase after a chicken truck and try to hop in the back. Since the driver doesn't want them to do this, he keeps driving away slowly. (laughs) The bad guy starts chasing them. Since the chicken truck driver knows the villain and is scared of him, he keeps driving away slowly. (laughs) Schumer tricks the villain by killing him with a shotgun. after an hour of driving slowly the chicken truck driver parks near nothing and squawks this at Goldie Hawn and Amy Schumer Oaxaca, Chipotle, Gary, Machu Picchu Abundanza Goldie Hawn's all oh the bad guy in this his name's Gary Hmm." the guy starts to drive off instead of hopping into the back like they did before they go wait stop where are you going till he leaves they do some jokes (laughs) Well, now you might be taking some creative license, Kelly Wand. Yeah, seriously. I felt the ops needed a little light comedy, so I threw that in there. spice it up. Then they go to a bar and call the State Department, whose only employee is the same black guy. He, tells, he doesn't even mention that the brother called. He tells them to walk to another country and hangs up politely. How'd they get the coins to make the call? They also buy chicken dinners. I guess the kidnappers left them their credit cards. They meet Gene from Wet Hot American Summer by sitting at a table he's at and assuming he's American. They explain their plight in a couple vague sentences, so he offers to take them by steamboat downriver. He has a steamboat. The kidnappers show up, so Amy Schumer shoots one in the throat while her mom distracts them by saying things. That was so well choreographed. I loved it. The shot one turns out to be Gary's son. This makes Gary upset, so he doesn't give chase. After going downriver by steamboat off screen for a bit, Gene announces they're being chased by the kidnappers who they were being chased by before, right in front of them in the bar. So they switch to a much slower rowboat. They row off screen to a campfire.
2: That night.
3: (laughs) Suspenseful. That night, Gene tells them he's a manager at CVS and he has only a week to live. Then he yawns and goes to sleep. The next day, they find a chasm. Gene sees a slender vine attached to something off screen, so he grabs it and falls to his death. Amy Schumer says, Merglefur, and goes into a coma. (laughs) In this and the next scene, her mom carries her single-handedly to a village populated by a line of women carrying jugs of water back and forth, and also two doctors. They tell her she has some worm CG in her, and they have to trick it out using a stake. The operation's a success in that halfway into it, Schumer attacks the doctors with a broom and walks onto a porch. I guess the worm stays inside her. Her mom watches her pour some water for a second, so she realizes Schumer's characterization has changed. (laughs) The kidnappers show up. Suddenly, Schumer realizes the villagers have a bamboo cable car that leads right to the American embassy and knows somehow that it would also support Han's weight. (laughs) (laughs) Even though Han's not the heavy one. I'm still interested, just to be quick. The cable car takes Schumer back to her hotel. <laughs> off screen. Where the one guy at the embassy who works there on Friday tells her to go home because legally speaking, they have to let Goldie Hawn die. Schumer whines, so the guy runs away. Theon goes to the State Department. The black guy tries to murder him, so they decide to team up. <laughs> Schumer finds Wanda Sykes and her friends so they somehow overpower the Australian off screen and tie him to a chair and say some jokes so he draws them a map with his mouth to where the kidnappers are keeping Goldie Hawn and not asking for ransom (laughs) I can't wait to see the Australians come up and they infiltrate the building by waiting for guards to walk off screen (laughs) while suspense music plays then Wanda Sykes and her friend get on a truck that drives off I can't wait to see how that pays off (laughs) so many plates spinning Schumer tricks the kidnappers by dancing with one of them while she and her mom fight over who doesn't shoot him the black guy shows up with an army of helicopters that land and do nothing saved by men Theon now works for the government so he wears a ski mask while military music plays the truck Wanda and her friend are on stops and parks so they get off of it and run into darkness we never see them again so I guess they die one year later Schumer's in a different bar while her mom dances nowhere near her a guy hits on her but she tells him she doesn't date anymore her mom exists (laughs) Judging from his expressions, the guy doesn't seem to understand that he's in the closing scene of Snatched. <laughs> That's his character. <laughs> Goldie's dancing with a bunch of people who don't tell her that they can see her boob. So the guy drinking with Schumer, who's understandably no longer paying much attention to Schumer at this point, mentions this. Schumer screams, "Mom!" and starts to comically stand up. Some words tell me who thought I would enjoy watching all this. The end. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all right, well, Ding, it's your
0: first. What's an over/under? What's your opinion of this movie? And what did your girlfriend think of it? Because you made her see it.
1: Oh. Did I get to be first. How did this happen?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's my three it's... by three. Kelly's is next week, so you got nothing to do on the show, so therefore you get to go first. And you saw it with a
3: lady
1: yeah i saw it with a lady all right uh uh over i would put uh the movie sisters um i'm, I'm ah, basically That's bracketing this with ike Barinholtz movies ah. and under i would put the movie neighbors Two, the, soror- <laughs> the sorority movie i forget what it's called neighbors Two, no, no, sorority wait, the, the
0: chloe, chloe marts grace one yeah you saw
3: that we I saw it yes we saw Oh, it. oh we did? Oh, we okay. podcasted about it. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> That's how dumb we are. You Look saw that.
1: that. Saw it's that. called <laughs> Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising.
3: Uh, have you guys seen
0: the outtake? It's not an outtake. There's a deleted scene where Chloe Moritz Grace is trying to uh, uh, seduce Zach Efron. Do you, have you guys seen this? It is one of the worst, most embarrassing, excruciatingly unfunny bits of comedy you can ever imagine to see. Uh, Google this sometime. And realize if you really want to see just the, what they thought wasn't even this couldn't even be in a movie *Neighbors 2*, they cut it out. It's Chloe Morris, greats trying to uh, seduce Zac Efron. Wow! What? When in the movie? That doesn't. It, it, right, it doesn't happen in the movie. It's a. It's an outtake
1: oh, that is on YouTube. Just in real life?
0: No, it's a, it's a scene they shot for the movie that they didn't think didn't was go
3: good. As they were hoping they didn't Let's think it was good it enough to sense. Yeah. Uh. Was Burt Reynolds in it, the outtake? No.
0: It's not an outtake. It was a scene – because an outtake is something where – I think it was a scene. It's a deleted scene. There you right. go. Right. So
3: I forgot – I didn't – Wait, so you made fun of Dingus for seeing the movie that we'd all seen it and then went, oh, you should check out the outtake where <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> I guess we Just, did all see that, right? This no. reminds me of when you liked the graphics in Ghost in the Shell and then you saw it in 3D without glasses afterwards. But it was I really like good. The, I like that you call them graphics, like Graphic. it's a computer game. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. 3D was amazing. I watched it without glasses.
0: <laughs> all right, at any rate, haha, you guys saw Neighbors 2. So that's Dingus. Uh, well. Actually, yeah, that one, and,
1: that's uh, since you brought my girlfriend up, Alexandra would have put Neighbors 2 over this.
0: That's what you did, right?
1: No, I put no, no, uh, under. Neighbors two is under. Do you Sisters think this is, is over? Neighbors two? No, I don't really know how to. I, I'm terrible at. Neighbors if, two. If is, a movie good. is, if a movie is absolutely horrid, uh, I mean, this doesn't even have. I mean, Zac Efron is the least charming. Um,
3: and I understood the jokes in Neighbors two. This is one of those right. movies
1: where I don't get the jokes. I don't understand. Why I had a hard time. It's it's really difficult for me, especially in a really really bad comedy. To uh to do an under. Um but when Alexandra said uh, neighbors too, I was like, yeah, neighbors too, and plus it has like Barinholtz in it. And so I just went with a Nike Barinholtz name.
0: What's the um, one where the uh the music box ballerina goes up his butt? Is that Sisters? That's Sisters. Right. Yeah. That's I like sisters. that part. That was funny. You guys didn't enjoy the comedy of that as much as I did. No, we yeah. didn't. Because it's up there and it's turning. See? It's isn't that funny? It's it like twirls.
1: Oh. Oh it's turning and he's getting music in his intestines.
3: Yeah. Uh, see? That's comedy. Yeah, That's comedy when you're ta- you. now you're talking about it it does seem funnier. See?
1: Yeah. So there's so many reasons that sisters is a better movie than this. Um and yeah, I it's but I you know true. I like I like sisters much better than you guys. Think.
3: I remember lines from sisters and I'm having trouble remembering but anything in this fucking movie.
1: It, it well will plus uh John Cena's in it and he's uh awesome.
3: Do you oh, have yeah. any kids? Sure. And he goes I probably do. Or no, I guess I'm sure I do.
1: <laughs> and watching, just... um, watching Trainwreck again this week. I mean, the guy, I just love that guy. I think he's so funny. He's, he's funny. so great in Parks and Rec. There's just nothing in this movie that does anything for me. And, and of course, uh, you know, Alexander just had her arms crossed during most of it. But she did. <laughs>
0: unlike the last what? movie, unlike Free Fire, she didn't walk out of this, though.
1: No, no. She made a she concerted effort just... not to. Okay. But I was really proud of her because she doesn't um, necessarily remember actors' names very much. Or, or, or every now and then she'll be like, oh, he's that guy. He's the one in that one thing with that guy.
0: All right? Dig, um, if she works at JPL, she's got more
1: important things to stick in her head than oh, you she, and I do. She certainly does. That's absolutely true. But as soon as Ike Barinholtz showed up, she went – she like grabbed my shoulder and she went,
0: he was in Sister's. Oh, she didn't know his name, though, but she recognized him.
1: Yeah, she okay. recognized him. I was you know, going
0: to be, out... yeah, be impressed if she rolled out his name.
1: He's the poor man's what? Mark Wahlberg. He always reminds me of Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Our the sister, brother,
0: right? It sounds like this did not work for you. <laughs> Kelly Wand, what's an over and not... you know, I'll go next. Uh, my oh, – so, yeah, I don't see – I this is so painfully disappointing because uh, Jonathan Levine uh, – no, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy yeah. who directed this, uh, he's been hit or miss. And the last thing he did, which I think he also wrote, was called The Night Of. Uh, and it was kind of, as far as it's hit or miss, it was kind of hit because what he did with The Night Of… Uh, It it was a a pre-Christmas. It was a Christmas-themed, wacky journey through uh, Manhattan. But the main appeal of the night of and why it worked
1: is Is he had the night before
0: the night before. Thank you, Dingus. The night of is probably something else. The night before, the main appeal of it is he put three very different lead actors in there, and he allowed – some comedy to come out of their interaction because they all had very different styles and they were uh Joseph Gordon Levitt who he had done 50/50 with uh Seth Rogen also in that and he threw in into the mix Anthony Mackie who is not normally that's not normally his kind of thing and he was a lot of fun with with them and and Michael Shannon was a villain uh so the night before I kind of liked so going into this I was like yeah he did uh what did he do? It was terrible oh, Warm Bodies, which you he- Warm
1: Bodies. Ugh, I hate I really- that movie.
0: But going into this, I was like, okay, Wackness had some cool stuff in it. All the yes. boys love Sandy Lane. That's Thirlby. uh right, right, exactly. Um so I I was thinking that Jonathan Levine, yeah, this this was a plus for this. But more more relevantly, the the is a woman named Katie Dippold, who wrote for Parks and Rec. Uh she yeah. did the Heat, which i I really liked The Heat. I I think you guys have seen that by now.
2: Real.
0: Well, he really liked it? Yeah, yeah. The Heat he has, really is bad, he by the way. I would say it's it's a bad movie, but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed because, again, it, there were there were jokes in it. I, I understood the comedy, and some of it worked because Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy were both 110% invested.
3: Yeah, they, and their
0: were, characters both made sense. Like, right. They, they, they made sense, and the interaction between them was a lot of fun. Right. right. So I'm like, right, right. Okay, so we've got a Katie Dippold script. Never mind Ghostbusters. She was probably getting studio notes out the wazoo for that. Any issues right. I had with that. Surely that wasn't her fault. So let Katie Dippold do a movie with this guy, Jonathan Levine, uh, Mm -hmm. Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. They seem an unlikely pair. What could go wrong?
3: R-rated.
0: R-rated too, exactly, and it'll be nice and it'll be crude and it'll be irreverent. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just – a free ride movie. This
3: is a free ride movie. But it's – I don't – yeah, I don't know what went wrong. Schumer – this is her follow-up to Trainwreck? Like, okay, now I get to do my dream project.
1: No, I think Trainwreck's probably. I mean, she didn't write that. That's
3: the dream movie.
0: Okay, but she could have made any movie she wanted. Trainwreck was her script, and it was a kind of a conventional romantic comedy, and it was fine. It you know, it it, Trainwreck it let her be charming. It showed you. why she was funny. It had a great bit with, uh, Bill Hader as the, as her love interest. And the John senya stuff was great. Uh, she's a fun character. And Bayer this. this. And and Tilda Swinton had some good funny parts. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Brie Larson and, and the, uh, yeah. Mike for guys like this, it was a generous movie with, a, with some interesting characters. Um, mm-hmm. so this, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what went wrong. It doesn't seem like anybody was trying or anybody cared. Uh, uh my Over would be another movie that I think is kind of like The Heat. Like, I think The Heat genuinely works. My Over is another movie that is trying to cash in on the appeal of The Heat. It's not as good as The Heat, but it has the same idea of let's put two very different actresses together and let's make the difference between them create comedy, and it does. There's a dopey movie called Hot Pursuit with Reese Witherspoon and Sofia Vergara, <clears throat> and and they're 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 completely different. They have completely different styles, and it's funny to see them in scenes written together. Like uh, there's 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 a funny action bit where they're they're driving a bus to get away, and Reese Witherspoon has to they're handcuffed together, and Reese Witherspoon has to straddle Sofia Vergara's lap to shoot out the window. And there's a bunch of senior citizens in the bus who thinks it's a fun ride. Uh, it's just like silly, dopey stuff like that, and it kind of works. So. Hot Pursuit, a dumb movie that is better than this, a dumb movie that's actually worse than this, and I had a hard time with this. Uh, I was going to choose a movie called How to Be Single, which is Rebel Wilson, Leslie Mann, and Dakota Johnson with, for some reason, a bunch of scenes with Allison Brie off to the side. Like she couldn't be there on the same days they were shooting. Uh, How to Be Single is terrible. However, I'm going to float a thesis here. And going back and watching bits of How to Be Single on YouTube, I'm confirming – I've confirmed this thesis. Uh, (laughs) Leslie Mann can save anything. So Uh. How to Be Single is terrible, but Leslie Mann – uh, has a scene with a baby where she's talking to a baby because she's a she's an independent doctor she's a woman she doesn't want to have a family and this this is what the movie is about how to stay single and she she's had this baby left in the room with her and the movie lets her sit and improvise with a cute adorable little baby for like three minutes it's great it's a fantastic scene there's some other good scenes with her uh how to be single is terrible but leslie man this the leslie man stuff in it is worthwhile so i had to look a little harder to find something. Uh, I was looking for comedies that were based on women who are different from each other and from that it would be funny because it's not something that snatched accomplished. So what I finally remembered, there's a movie and it's got a sequel coming this Christmas unfortunately. There's a movie called Bad Moms and the problem with Bad Moms, it's it's Scott uh, Moore and John Lucas, I think. They the that did the Hangover They're movies. The moms. Oh, okay. They did 21 and over. They did the change-up. Like These guys have done good stuff. Bad Moms is terrible, mainly because the three actresses, uh, none of them are doing anything that works for that actress. You've got Mila Kunis trying to be super dorky. You've got Kristen Bell pretending to be a stay-at-home, goody-two-shoes, naive, idealistic mother. And you've got Katherine Hahn who at least tries, but she's doing the like Rebel Wilson, oh, I'm so raunchy, over-the-top bit. And it's all embarrassingly bad because none of these actresses is well-suited to the role. The movie doesn't know that. It's horrible. So it, because it, – I don't know why. It's just, it's just so bad. It, it's, it doesn't make any good use of the actors. I think, I think at least this movie understands Amy Schumer in ways that we'll mm-hmm. talk about in a minute. I don't, think how to, I don't think Bad Moms understands Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, or most tragically, Katherine uh, Hahn. Uh, yeah, the Katherine so, Hahn thing really
1: depresses me.
0: Yeah, uh, and they're doing it again with It's Bad Moms Christmas where they've got the moms of the moms, and I'm sad to see this, played by uh, uh, Christine Baranski, Cheryl Hines, and Susan
1: Sarandon.
0: And oh, it's their out. moms. It's their moms, and they're in, They're still in it. Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, and that Catherine. For, it's a dynasty. About. So they're
1: trying to cash in on that weird like Last Vegas kind of vibe?
0: I wonder if that's what it is, Dingus. I don't know. Like if it, it's trying to appeal to an older audience or – yeah, I don't know. But we'll find out.
1: Uh, so they should was, just go a, back to
3: the Victorian era, and then that's the bad moms.
1: Or, there was a preview before this movie that looked like Bridesmaids for black people.
0: <laughs> well, that's every Tyler Perry movie, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, no, but this looked like uh, we're it. It just it looked like that kind of thing. So this sounds like um, uh, old dudes' movies for people who like old women.
0: Oh right, well, but it, Wait, it still has the younger. It. it still has the younger bad moms in it, though. It's oh, okay, it's not just right, right. It's not a going out of style thing. Yeah, it's definitely it's not,
1: definitely not that. It's weird. I don't think of Cheryl Hines as being in the same generation as Susan Sarandon.
0: I do. Uh,
3: you no, know? yeah. you do. All right, okay. for me, kind of. Yeah. Barely. It's a gray area.
0: It is no a gray problem. area. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Good. Well, well I'm right. looking forward to uh, us talking about um, Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn in this, but we still have to go to Kelly. Yeah. Wander so
0: Kelly and an, oh, over oh. and under. We know you didn't like it. What's an
3: over and under? Uh, I liked a little bit at the beginning, even though I thought it was a terrible setup for the Amy Schumer character because she's a terrible person. And I kind of was liking Goldie Hawn a little bit. Like, I kind of felt bad for her character. Um, But I was sad she was in the movie. So my over... I have high hopes for Rock That Body, because it's the Broad City Girls and um, Scarlett Johansson, which sounds like it'll be good. But since that's not out yet, I just went with Romy and Michelle. (laughs) That's a good girl buddy movie for me. It's an over, though. It's an over. Right. And then my under... Uh, I, was, I went with uh, Outrageous Fortune with Shirley.
0: Right. Midler. Midler. Yeah, yeah. Is that PG-13. really? Come on, that can't be that bad. That was well, it was a different time.
1: That has a, a really weird kidnapping vibe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then she offers oral sex to a
3: guy in a pawn shop or something. And the guy's like, oh, one from Bet Midler? Yes. He's like really into it. But I remember there's a scene at the end where Shelly Long is a. Her superpower is doing splits. Like she's a gymnast. And so she, like, does a a split jump over some rocks at the end in slow motion. And that's not funny. That's my point. If if your third act's not funny, your movie sucks in a comedy. And there's (laughs) way too much redemption in Snatched, besides the fact that there's no
1: jokes in Snatched that I understood.
0: Come on, whale.
3: Whale come, Kelly
1: Wand. Whale come. Get it? Do you get it? Because if you don't get it, we're going to say the words whale semen so you can get it.
3: Right. I didn't get it. Like, that's... Goldie Hunt thought that's what was in the drink. Yeah.
1: No, okay. she thought that's what was the drink.
3: Right. She thinks they'd hand it to her and then say that to her in English at a Spanish...
1: Uh-huh. Right. And then Katie Dippold had to tell us what the joke meant.
3: Yeah, see? It's... And I actually was a little confused till they said that, so... <laughs> So you got the joke eventually. I did, but I thought, oh, she's just spitting a drink in her face. Because well, she, okay,
1: so were, we're there the any way, bits Katie that Dippold is in this movie? She's the shopper at the beginning.
0: Oh, rats! I don't want to know. You that. know what? That's a great. I think that's a funny gag. What happened? That's a great gag because that's the thing. So, I, if I was going to ask, is there anything that you guys think is funny and that worked? And I love that. So, do you have this yeah. in my size? Like, I love that whole setup and that that play. Like that right there is a good little scene. That would be like a yeah. good sketch comedy or something so right there i was like yeah this is funny i've got this is gonna work
1: yeah uh, then the rest I, have, of I have exactly four things like that all right and so i think what them. else because was, was, was I, I think that katie Dippold also says that's just a bird on the shirt it doesn't mean anything right yep.
3: uh wait that's one of your other four
1: no no it's just this is one. yeah this is one of one of the four things i thought was funny in this movie
3: I liked was, Maloney by the end. I liked how he went out. I
1: thought that oh, was. I love of... Christopher Maloney. Yeah, he see, was kind
3: of so see that coming though. Like it gets so set. Yeah, it was super telegraphed. Te- I know you're right. It's, it's still a good joke, true. but yeah, they shot it wrong. It's super telegraphed. It's yeah.
1: a bummer. What, what, what do you, what do you see telegraphed? What do you mean?
3: That his line's gonna break. Yeah, that he's gonna die. That here's the point where they're gonna kill him. Oh, the man. Man. Yeah, because he, he says all this dumb shit right before it happens. You oh okay, so this is his last scene. And you also know – like
0: I, if, there were points where I was wondering, okay, is this going to be like a, a threesome thing where now right. he's part of the group, and I could pretty much tell I don't think they're going to keep him around. They just got him for a few days of shooting. Yeah. It, doesn't, it didn't seem like they were really folding him into the group, so yeah.
3: I, I knew, okay, yeah, here's where they're going to kill him. Um, but he was making me laugh, and I can't. And the I didn't understand the Wanda Sykes character at all. I had no idea what the
1: concept
3: was of that character. I spent a lot of time with that, thinking, is that Joan Cusack?
1: Yeah, right. Well, it was. I yeah. think they. I, yeah. Yeah. I think they figured out a way to make Joan Cusack not be entirely uh, hard to take in a movie is to pretend that her tongue's How been dare cut you? out.
3: I like know, her. and Adam's like, family value,
0: she's hilarious. Where, where is she hard to take in, Dingus? Why – what's your uh, – she, you she
1: overdoes it a lot of times. She just overdoes it. She has this weird talking thing that she does in a lot of movies that she just overdoes. Mm-hmm. I thought she was good in this. I what? Was, I don't
2: know
0: what that Well, I, I agree with you. She was funny. Like they, She didn't have to do anything. She just had to sort of mug. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. and I, I was a little fascinated by that. I thought – I was hoping there would be some payoff, but like everything else, no, well, there's she's never she, a payoff. She,
1: she, she had two good bits of CG that happened. That the, her parkour was funny. <laughs> I
0: actually was wondering, was that first one wire work? But I think you're right, Dingus,
1: it was probably CG. Yeah, and Spies? then the flip, the flip off the truck. I think nah, that was be CG. Yeah, that was definitely CG.
0: Uh, all right, so Dingus, I'm waiting for three more funny things from you.
1: Yeah. Oh, you want me to sh- – shall I reveal this? Yeah, those? I will. Uh-huh. All right, so uh, my first <laughs> – the first moment I thought was funny was uh, I'm breaking up with you when – Oh, I, that's thought that, I thought right. Amy Schumer saying when when uh, when he says I'm breaking up with you and she says when I thought that was hilarious.
2: Okay, then did you?
0: Goes, did I'm over there. I'm, I'm flying over here. Yeah. Am did I you I like those play. little hand things with my? I'm going no. up here and she reaches up and no. grabs. Because I was even you know, okay. I was thin with those still. Like I was. No,
1: that ruined it for me. me. That was very much. Um, oh, they came together. Humor yeah, yeah, exactly. Push the
3: joke. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just, he's being too funny. It's ruining like. The, right. It doesn't make sense. They're breaking up. They kind of seem like they should stay together because they're both <laughs> funny together.
1: Right. But I love I'm breaking up with you and her response is win. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> He's like, Thanks. we're in the middle of it.
0: <laughs> good writing. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Yeah, okay. That's true. Dingus give us two more to make us like this movie more.
1: Yeah. All right. so, uh, I love Thumb this. Uh, I have a real phobia about this. About what? About being locked in a car trunk? I think everyone's got that one, Mom. I thought that was funny.
0: <laughs> that was all right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, give us another
1: one. Yeah, It's about, okay, zoom in, yeah. enhance.
3: No. Nah. <laughs> you're
1: not going to, you're going to refuse the line on our. It Baron didn't horse.
3: show the screen. We don't even
1: know what he's and talking first of
0: all, about. that Yeah, that's played out. That's a meme now. It's no longer a joke. It is now a
1: meme. It is not funny anymore.
0: If you're out there and you're writing a comedy script and you've got an enhanced joke, not a joke. It's a meme. If you want to put memes in your script, knock yourself out, but don't think they're jokes.
3: <laughs> I like the great. State Department guy when he... When he's being really courteous, but I didn't like when he got mad as much.
0: Wait, wait, here's, a, here's an example of it. It just made shut no sense. Shut the fuck
3: sense. up. Both of you, yeah, shut yeah, the fuck up. There
0: was no characterization in any of this. Uh, there were just yes. lines thrown at actors, and they were told to Purely say – Literally random. I have no idea what the deal was with the State Department guy. Like, was he genuinely just ineffectual? Was he angry? Does he actually yeah. kind of – like, what? I didn't understand what the deal was. And yeah, to just every now and then say, shut the fuck up. That's not a joke. That's not funny. Yeah. That's not writing.
3: <laughs> and then at the end, they save. That's such a shitty ending. Yeah. And they yeah. don't even do anything. It's a shitty ending in every way. It's the worst. I want to murder that ending.
0: Uh, I was <laughs> slightly proud of it, only slightly, because at this point I was so just desperate for anything to convince myself that my, my 90 minute. Yeah, I was looking for something. Uh, well, this isn't a news crawl thing because there was nothing like that either. Uh, but I, they actually – because when, when they did the rape whistle – no, it's a dog whistle joke.
1: <laughs> okay. okay, that's another one. There's
0: a payoff for that at least. least. Exactly. That, they called – there was a callback to that. That had a payoff. That but it was telegraph,
3: too. I knew was- when they introduced it. Right. Like, but that,
0: right. See, when they introduced it, I didn't think I, – I thought, oh yeah, this is going to be the kind of movie where that's the joke and there's nothing else done with it.
1: Uh, it was a
3: cool dog. It was a funny
1: – like, like but it is <laughs> – it is again one of those little moments where you see the the little things that Amy Schumer can do because when she first uses the rape whistle I mean it's like you think these dogs are going to rape me and she blows it and she goes and she just says it works. <laughs> and, and again the, the one of the couple of things I really liked that she was doing um the vagina wash win kidding. and uh and works um I'm I'm really a big fan of Amy Schumer, and I'm much bigger fan of Trainwreck than I think you guys are. Um, I love Trainwreck. Everybody loves Trainwreck
3: except for the last ten minutes. The, the, her dance routine? I don't like that. Oh, <gasps> Kelly Wand, it's so adorable. Oh. What's wrong with you? Go watch it. I don't, it, like, go I don't watch like it ten the more times. Neither. I don't like where she goes in and the celebrities tell her what's up with her relationship. I'm That's okay.
0: I, I agree with you there, I'm, but that whole I'm dance right. scene at the end is adorable. You're crazy. Yeah.
1: I, I put i put Trainwreck on par with you know some goofy woody allen movies i think that i think it's a woody allen movie for her i i really am impressed with it and i i think that the things that don't work about it are are more at the uh laid at the feet of judd apatow than her i think that i think she's really stretching in that movie and this you is root really, for in really, that
3: movie. i didn't yeah. root for this at all i really didn't care less about this character Well, Dingus, would you agree with that? Like, Kelly Wan is
0: completely – because I do feel like there is – and you responded to this, Dingus. Like, I do feel like this movie does kind of know what to do with Amy Schumer. Unlike Bad Moms, it has an awareness of how to use her. You know, It's not her writing. That's one of the cool things about Trainwreck is that she wrote it. Uh, But I I feel that Katie Dippold understands the appeal – of Amy Schumer in a way that Scott Lucas and John – no, John Lucas and Scott Moore don't understand Mila Kunis, Catherine Hahn, and uh, Kristen Bell. So when I mentioned before about it, I think it does know how to use her. You're, you're on board with me with that, right, Dingus?
1: Well, yeah, but I think that's also Amy Schumer knowing how, to use <laughs> knowing how she should come across because I, I also think that – and this is – I don't know how to bring this up without sounding weird, but I I think that she understands that the character needs to be a little puffy-faced and and more overweight than she's been, and she just does that because the character needs that.
0: Why do you and say I'm, the character and, needs that? Because I – well, yeah, why do you say the character needs that?
1: Because I think that this character is a loser character, and they throw in a couple of lines, I guess, to justify it. Um I could but think of think, one. Like, could you? There's the puffy right. face line that I'm And is there another one
0: though? Because that's the only one I could think of.
1: Not necessarily because – I I mean no, the thing is her, her mom is more fit than she is as far yeah. as that's concerned. But she's not fat by any stretch of the imagination. No, just she's right. just, She's just got a normal body yeah. and – Actresses in Hollywood aren't allowed to do that necessarily, um, and even. Uh, but I I like the fact that she's she understands that this particular character, you know, probably eats whatever she wants when she's trying to um, feel better about herself, or drinks whatever she wants when she's trying to feel better about herself, and she understands what her body's going to look like in that in that case. And Amy Schumer understands that about herself, and she's not afraid to do that. And I really, I'm I'm actually pretty impressed. So uh, I, I think you, that you're probably right that Katie Dippold knows what to do with her, but I think that Amy Schumer is also pretty secure in what to do with herself as far as her comedy is concerned.
0: Well, here's, here's what I'm getting at because I in a way kind of want to disagree with you because I, I think Katie Dippold deserves m- – well, I don't know who deserves credit in this, but my observation on this dingus, I do think she's overweight, and I, I don't have any problem with that, and I love that the movie didn't call that out. I love that she could be there in a bathing suit, and they wouldn't do a joke about her stomach or something. She she looked like a normal person, and that was great, but that's what Amy Schumer looks like. Uh, Amy Schumer is not svelte, and uh, even in Trainwreck, like she's not – she's gained more weight in this. She's heavier in this than she is in Trainwreck, but I don't get the sense that – she felt the character needed to be any bigger so much as that's just how she showed up, and the movie didn't make fun of it or even call attention to it. And I respect that, and I wish – it made me wish the movie had been better because I don't think Amy Schumer needs to slim down to be no, in a movie. Uh, and I also don't think a right. movie needs to call attention to the fact that she hasn't slimmed right. down. Um, so that when I say it it, it, it just knows not to make fun of someone who looks like a normal person. Uh, yeah. And it, it – and I don't know if that – you might be right, Dingus. Maybe it is – maybe they worked together, and maybe she did put on weight. But my impression was that, yeah, Amy Schumer, that's probably what she looks like in a bathing suit, and Katie Dippold and Jonathan Levine know that, hey, this isn't funny. It's just what a normal person looks like. They resisted because right. there's so many just bad attempts at humor here that they resisted what would have been an, a cringe worthy attempt at humor is to make fun of this beautiful woman who's, who's heavier than most women in Hollywood. Uh, right. So that I just appreciated because I, I, I was sort of like waiting for some fat joke or for someone to come on screen and pretend that she was ugly and completely undesirable. The joke about her having a puffy face, Goldie Hawn being too old, that I was kind of OK with because it was equal opportunity. And it was a throwaway thing, and it wasn't that cruel. Um, it wasn't like I've taken issue with some uses of Melissa McCarthy in some of her movies uh, so any, at any rate, that's just kind of one of the things that came to mind for me is you, you know, that a, a woman with a body like this deserves a, a, a better movie. Like um, another movie should have a normal-looking woman like this without calling attention to it or without making her the fat friend or right. w- without making fun of it. Uh,
1: well, what do you think about this? Uh, one of the things that Alexandra said um, was that she didn't think that Goldie Hawn – had the comedic chops enough to keep yeah. up with Amy Schumer and that, and Alexander's contention was, you know what? I would rather see Amy Schumer in a movie with Seth Rogen. Um, cause I think that they would make a funnier pair than these two make for one thing. And I think that underlying that is that, you know, a, a fat comedian gets to be with a super hot woman all the time. Um, so i i mean i don't know <laughs> wait so she wants to keep seeing that though what
3: is she saying she'd rather see seth rogan
1: with an amy schumer in the movie for that like keep that, the schlub she, gets the hot woman trope well well no no because because she thinks that the well uh, seth Rogen it's just isn't, Han's not even, isn't a super fat dude either i mean he's just a he's just a big guy who's funny
0: I, um, I agree what what that gets at with me, Dingus, is. Uh, both Seth Rogen and Amy Schumer are just really, really good with naturalistic comedy, with right. stammering, with not just delivering a line. Goldie Hawn comes from a very different tradition, and I think that's yeah. kind of what shows here is that Goldie Hawn – and that's why I was kind of had high hopes for this uh, is this idea. Like Sofia Vergara, super over-the-top uh, TV sitcom stuff, Reese Witherspoon, romantic comedies, some good dramas. Together Just they're position. completely different kinds of comedy, and it works. So I was kind of hoping for this. Amy Schumer is very Seth Rogen schlubby naturalistic humor. Goldie Hawn from a traditional like Private Benjamin and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and this movie clearly, I don't, and I agree. Like I don't, I don't think this movie gave Goldie Hawn nearly enough to do, or right. understood how to use her. Because um, she was. But I don't gay. that on her. No, no, I don't either. I don't either. Uh, yeah.
3: You like there's a movie on. called
0: there's another dumb movie called uh, Seth Rogen reminded me of this called Guilt Trip where Barbara Streisand like it it knows how, what's funny about Barbara Streisand it knows how to use her it knows how to make her likable and funny uh, and I don't think this movie could do that with Goldie Hawn unfortunately
3: but it also doesn't the characters it makes sense because Goldie Hawn looks good in this movie and she's not that I don't know she's just She's not supposed to know how to use Facebook, and she's – it seems like someone who's supposed to be like a really grandmotherly mom. Right, right, you know? exactly. Yeah. Like, like she wouldn't look bad having Goldie Hawn on her arm at an Ecuadorian resort.
0: Exactly right. This was like for right. June this is the worst somewhere. Situation.
3: Yeah, like, oh, no guy's going to approach me. I'm with Goldie Hawn. Ugh. Yeah. What a disaster. She's dressed
1: like a beekeeper. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, she yeah. made the powder reference, but I was thinking of uh, Caliban from Logan. Like, that's that's <laughs> um, my go to for that. I'm yeah. like, nah, that's a, that's a Stephen Merchant
1: from Logan reference if I ever saw one. I'm oh, surprised she didn't include that power. joke as well because she she makes a powder joke and a beekeeper joke in the same line. I'm like, you have to choose a joke.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just they're just throwing stuff to see what sticks. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and they should have thrown that one too, Tom. Why not?
0: Uh, The uh, dude, the tone deafness though of stuff like just first of all the the kidnappy bit but yeah. what the hell would that tapeworm scene like oh my god that was just like weird and uncomfortable and from a different movie and and ew. then it's a midstream like it just no like, kidding just loud, like there's no on, to it. yeah like halfway through they're like yeah never mind we're done yeah fuck it yeah. <laughs> just pretend
1: it's out of her now I think that's that that one gross out moment like like. uh, Bridesmaids crapping in the sink and and pooping in the street. Yeah, yeah. we have to have something that's a gross out moment. It's,
3: yeah, it's so it's not even gross. You're just going,
1: which is dumb.
3: Right. When did this right. happen? How did she get that?
1: For me, the What's the worst, up? the more tone deaf was. Okay, we're gonna shoot the guy's kid in the neck, and then and also have his. One nephew smacked in the head with a shovel. Oh, I saw his friends. Yeah. Okay, so I've lost my one nephew. I've lost my one son. So from my perspective, either you have to you have to keep pushing that gag until it gets absurd, or not That's have it. That's exactly.
3: Right. I was thinking that too. Is like that. Okay, it's not funny yet, but if the if she keeps killing off the kidnappers in like right. ways, it might get funny, and then they right. just stop.
0: Well, it also implies. That the title card implies that they are going to wreak havoc because it does that joke about in, yep. in Ecuador,
3: things are yeah. terrible,
0: and it was all crazy, and it was chaos, and the bad guys did some terrible stuff too. False
3: advertising. Exactly. Was, exactly. exactly. I it's going to be mad Goldie Hawn's going to fucking
1: – Otherwise, yes. why even have that title card? What's the point of that title card if you're not going to do that? You're right. It's Todd.
0: almost like right. they, they made the title card first and then forgot to take it off when they realized <laughs> they didn't make a movie that lived
1: up to right. it. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, our <laughs> listeners—we uh, had a couple listeners write in. They were not very happy with us either. Oh, I don't know why,
0: who- did, why didn't we make everyone see King Arthur instead?
3: Oh, we're gonna—it was you, dude. Well, but I see when you told me who wrote and directed it. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I,
0: yeah. I, and even why you know watching the trailer, like the because I watched the trailer afterwards. The trailer has uh, the "I'm breaking up with you" win. It has. Um, uh, well It has, a, you know, the trailers got three or four good jokes, and you're like, okay, if the movie's full of that, yeah, sure, that's all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all of them. I'm sure Hope uh, Alien Covenant's not like that. <laughs> so, Dingus, who did we unfortunately make
1: see this, and what did they say? Uh, we we uh, we uh, made Chris Markinson see it. He was pretty disappointed uh, in it. Um, but Sorry, this was- this is what I love about his email. Uh, he says that one thing that was really funny about the movie was that there was an elderly couple, uh, he says, in their 60s, because 60s people are elderly, um, sitting a few seats to my left. And the dude was howling through most of the movie and really? he had a loud laugh. Which I'm made it movie more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I, you should be. And Chris is uh, Chris. Chris posits that maybe this is a movie that plays better to an older crowd. Um, oh. You know, and, and this makes me think of my experience watching. Is there? There was this, uh, the row behind us was a whole group of, of women, and they were just cackling like yeah, crazy. I had that as well. Um, and there was somebody Ugh. like. A little farther I, back, who is saying, "Will you guys be quiet?" And, the, and they're like, "No, <laughs> be quiet." This movie's and, too
3: funny. I cannot.
1: And what's weird is before our in, in our particular little theater, uh, I don't I don't know if this happens in all the movies or just because if it's it's like a little bumper before ours. Uh, Amy Schumer and Goldie Hahn appear to say, "We we we just want to thank you all for coming yeah, to, the to the movies, Thanks and that you problem. can laugh as loud as you want." But it's one of those. Instead of, and, you know, they used to say, "Don't steal movies," and I would always be like, "Well, I'm at the movie, so i obviously haven't stolen." it. <laughs>
3: yeah, if I'd stolen it, I'm not going to see this PSA. Yeah. So,
1: uh, so Chris's favorite thing was was the loud people, but he didn't get the whole agoraphobic brother thing, and he thinks that maybe they couldn't come up with enough material for Schumer and and um, and uh, Goldie Hawn.
3: Yeah. I didn't get the brother.
1: Did, did anyone else did we foist this on anyone else? We also foisted it on Chris Webb. Uh-oh. Um, hey. and uh, his first line is more like knobbed. <laughs> like, which is a Kelly which Kelly uh, talks about.
3: Oh, I thought it was a dick joke. There is a knob. And then they don't she they don't show Goldie's at the end.
1: There's your payoff. Uh, and he, he says, say, most older people in my early afternoon Mother's Day screening were laughing pretty uproariously. Everyone uh, – I and saw he,
3: this movie. Two women sat five rows behind me and were dead silent for the whole thing. We
1: were the only ones in their field. Well, well <laughs> Chris's, Chris's mom and sister mostly liked it. Oh, okay. Shit.
3: Well, okay. you know what? That's says, impressive to me.
1: He says, I kept remembering how funny the vagina humor was in 20th century women. It's not a show I've seen. A movie uh, I've seen either. Either. Yeah. Huh. Kelly, so that's, you? That's all. Just you... we just two, we just, we dragged two Chris's. Right. It could have been worse. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh Kelly Wonder, are you glad to finally get some Amy Schumer nudity?
3: Uh yeah, actually. I was. Because um, you can if you see one boob, then you you can just you know hold up the mirror in your head and know what what's <laughs> about. You can infer full nudity from that. You, you've yeah. seen what you do. <laughs>
1: You can extrapolate, and she does um, the sexy
3: walk when she leaves the Australian guy on the chair. But I didn't understand why she was doing it, then. Like, this so that you're missing out on. Yeah, you, know you got it. It sounds like you got it just fine. But she's already made um, plans to have a drink with him, and then we don't see his reaction. Like, does he care? Is he looking even? Never mind. It's I great. Do, Go see it.
1: <laughs> I do want to make a weird tangent here. I'm afraid.
0: Uh-oh. Um. Weird tangent um, time, Kelly Wand. Buckle down.
1: Yep. Yeah, unsnatched. Tom has been on the two of us to see this television show called Fleabag. Right. Right. Um, and so the same day that I saw uh, Snatched, um, I ended up watching Fleabag.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and there's some weird connections between these two things, so much so that I – I woke up, you know, after writing about this movie, conflating a line from this movie with something that a character might have said in Fleabag. Um, all I'm going to say is if you have the choice to watch this movie or watch the television series Fleabag, please watch Fleabag uh, because it has such a better understanding. Raunchy of- woman. Uh, it's not just Raji woman things it's oh, it's okay. an understanding of how uh, how to draw a character uh, over approximately not, not too much more time than that than that um, and I'm really really glad that Tom kept pressing us to watch this television series Fleabag because I think Kelly you'll really like it I think it's really worth watching uh, and it's an example of how you make these characters funny yet poignant. Um, And I don't think this movie understands how to do that.
0: Dingus, I can't believe you sandwiched a discussion of Fleabag into a snatched podcast.
1: I'm sorry to do that, Tom. No one's going to hear it. I can't help help it because of how now they're sort of going to be linked. Because, again, there was a line uh, and there was a couple things that reminded me uh, that made the, may, are going to make the two things be linked now, unfortunately. Um, but I really like Fleabag. I'm glad you got – I'm really glad that you made me watch that. Do so you know that Phoebe
0: Waller-Bridge is in the um, – it's another star. It's a the next – it's the Han Solo standalone movie. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has ugh. been cast in that. Why are you going, ugh?
3: Yeah, I don't want to see another Han Solo.
0: <laughs> oh,
3: like unless it's,
0: unless it's Harrison Ford, you don't care? You don't like that Alden Aaron rich guy?
3: No, it's done. It's –
0: I don't like him. It's I don't a like prequel. solo either. It's a yeah. prequel. Did you hate young Indiana song? Jones? Yeah. <gasps> River Phoenix is, is very upset with you now, Kelly. I hate prequels, and I think we all do, and we keep getting them anyway. Do you not, not like, want to see Scott. Phoebe Waller-Bridge in a big-budget science fiction
2: movie?
0: <laughs> I'll see her in whatever she's wearing.
2: One, two, three, not only you and me, got 180 degrees, and I'm caught in between counting. One, two, three.
0: That's some bad news for you. She's only being cast... She's being cast as a robot. So they're gonna... It's, she's There's gonna be CG with her voice. That's all you're getting in the hand Solo movie of Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So you
3: don't to well, see her. It means they don't have fake boobs, because the whole girl's the same, so they're real for her. <sighs> Wait, what? If it's First
0: of all, how... It's no robot. robot, no robots in Star Wars have ever had boobs. First of all, no.
3: R two D two is a boob. <laughs> it's fallen out of a larger robot
1: girl. R two D two when he's with blue. Well, n- at least
3: that's why he C-3- flies. Flies out.
1: When C three P O is coming out of the oil bath, he's wiping his penis.
3: Yep.
0: Oh, you can thank-, thank the makeup. <laughs> Alright, let's do a 3x3 three three that has nothing to do with Star Wars. There's no way any Star Wars would ever be relevant to anything on this 3x3 three three of throws and catches. Don't want to hear about anything on any sand barges, anything th- – a robot – in R2-D2 cannot throw something. He doesn't have arms. It is not possible. Ejecting but the a Wampa
3: throws Luke his lightsaber in Empire. So that's, no, it's,
0: that's the force for – no, no, not at all. Uh, ejecting a lightsaber from the body of a
3: droid is not a throw. I'm just saying.
0: And the police, the police will be on duty for this. What about,
3: what about when they get – they jump out of the barge? That's yes. like being thrown, and they get picked up by Lando with the suction cups. you am going to write you the ticket now
0: or later when you have your actual 3x3 picks? I can just uh, put that – I can add that to the charges if you
3: like. <laughs> All right. I'll make it my number one, so I don't have to, I'm good for a little while.
1: Already, right, well, these,
3: these
0: are, are your favorite throws and catches,
3: inspired by the
0: excellent Kong Skull Island, where uh, John C. Riley throws a katana to Tom Hiddleston, who catches it in slow motion and then uses it to slash up a bunch of uh, skull-faced monsters. Iconic scene. Who could forget that? So these are other uh. classic throws and catches. Uh, we're going to be starting with you, Kelly Wand, because it's your 3x3 next week. So what is your third fa- – wait, is that right?
1: Yeah, your third favorite throw and catch. Skull-faced monsters, by the way, does sound like uh, a band. Well, I forgot
0: the joke. What did he call them with that whole little bit with Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson where they – where he concedes it's not a good name for them? What were those things called?
1: I don't remember, but okay. I do like skull-faced monsters.
3: skull what, okay what were they? Skull-crawlers. OK. Wait, are we talking about the same thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, because he, he he sheepishly retracts the name that he gave them. Yeah, it's
3: Skullcrawler. Okay. I remembered it. All right. Thank you, Kelly Wand. Because then he's all, yeah, I know it's not that good, but – do you like uh, checking it out with Stephen Brewer? Uh Yes, yeah. Those are weird, though. They're very disturbing. They're like yeah, they are. Stuff.
0: I don't, they make me very uncomfortable. They're supposed to. It's a creepy side universe. It's like there's, there's weaponry that uses sound to inflict nausea as a way to suppress a crowd. And I feel like that's – like watching that Stephen Brule stuff is what it would feel like when you're subjected to that weapon. It's like, yeah. uh, na- it's like reading Naked Lunch. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go with that. I would never do that. Really? Not a Burroughs guy. You know, guys,
3: yeah, I don't want to be- I love Burroughs.
0: You know what? You I'm, like not
3: in, I'm not into junkies. This book Junkies is kind of easier than Naked Lunch. And All right, well, it. Kelly
0: Wand, let's get down to some throws and <laughs> catches. What's your favorite throw and catch? It must involve both things. By the way, I don't want anyone to be sending me, oh, you know, like when uh, when Michelle Yeoh knocks the teacup off of the, the table in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and the girl catches it. There's no throw involved in that. So this must be a throw and a catch. Kelly Wand, what do you got?
3: All right, this is my worst one. Uh-oh. I don't think I'll be in jail for any of these. You'll love my number two. But my number three is from the motion picture Total Recall when Arnold is playing a fat lady and it pans up to his face and then he pulls his head off like his right. fat redhead face. And then he his, his head's CG looking, like more CG even than the head he's pulling off. And then he throws the head at a gunman. And then the lady's head goes, get ready for a surprise. And then it blows up. Right, because he holds it and he's looking at the head saying, I that don't, is, no, that works. Why is he holding it? I don't, I don't like that line. I don't like that the head's programmed to uh, <laughs> troll the guy who catches it. And he has time to go, wait, he would only have thrown this if it's going to blow up. And now it's telling me it's about to blow up. And then he still holds on to it. I have two words for you for that, Kelly Wand. Total recall? Nope. Paul Verhoeven.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I have two other words for you. Yes, dingus. Two weeks.
0: What is that? Two weeks? What?
3: Are we two weeks from a Paul Verhoeven movie? Never mind. Two weeks. In Total Recall, he says that?
1: Yeah.
3: Shit. Does Quato say it?
1: No, it's what she says. It's what makes her thing trip. It's what, it's what makes the whole thing go glitch. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks.
3: And that's oh, what yeah, makes her, yeah.
1: That was, That's crying. what makes her head fall apart. Wow, everybody like, remembers that. Wow, every every that time somebody says two weeks, I say two weeks. And I, anyway, I guess that's just me. You
0: should yeah, probably explain so. what you're referencing when you do that to them. They yeah. might not. Yeah, they it's might think you're isn't like an iconic
1: line. <laughs>
0: especially when you say it with that voice. They might think you're having a stroke or something.
1: Yeah, but two weeks is – I thought everybody would get that. Oh, well, two weeks, two weeks. I like the part pulls the
3: thing out of his nose. That's that Rob Bottin special effects. That's the stuff that went
0: on to do – wait, was the thing before – yeah, the thing was before that, right?
3: Yeah, it was way before yeah. that. I like Sharon Stone in it too. She's kind of funny. She's – is who's
0: the – Rachel Ticotin or who's the – Yeah, Rachel Ticotin, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's awesome. I mm. love her. Yeah, like, okay, here's the, here's the thing. You, are you the type of person who prefers uh, Sharon Stone or Rachel Takoten? Clearly, <laughs>
3: Dingus is, is a Rachel Takoten. Yeah. Kelly
0: Wan tonight, Sharon Stone, definitely.
3: Hello. Especially yeah. in that. That's, yeah. the, that's her pre-basic instinct,
1: Sharon Stone. What does she say? I'll, I'll break his balls or I'll uh, – she She just – she has this great line. Sharon Stone has this great line or, or maybe – She
3: kicks him in the nuts 50 times, and every time he's still surprised by it. He's like, what? Oh.
1: That's how that thing wound up in his nose.
3: (laughs) That's like something from Snatched, what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's
0: hard, Kelly Wond. You should apologize. (laughs) I'm sorry. All right, Dingus, now that we've gotten past that, what is your third favorite throw and catch?
3: (laughs) Past that.
1: All right, my third favorite throw and catch is from the movie the Breakfast Club. Do you guys remember what throw and catcher I might be used from the movie Try the Breakfast the Club? all right it's just it's just an incidental little moment. This is one of the first things I thought of when Tom talked about throwing and catching um, they all they you know it's time for lunch it's weed? They, they, it's, it is not weed it is a Damn. can of coke. It's a can of Coca-Cola. And so John Bender, played by Judd Nelson, um, is sitting there at the table talking to Emilio Estevez. Uh, and he uh, – all of a sudden while they're sitting there at lunch, somebody has had to go and get all of the drinks for them. They're, he's sitting there. And it's just this really great little incidental moment where he grabs the can of Coke and he throws it back up over To um, uh, Allison, I think Uh, Ali Sheedy's character is Allison, I think, and and she just—it's that moment where a hand just like jumps up into frame and catches something, and Tom's thing about throwing something and catching something immediately made me think of this moment of a character throwing something and somebody just—I remember it
3: now—catching
1: it like as if they're not even looking. Just—is
0: it all one shot or is it faked?
1: No, Fakes. it's oh, oh, it's certainly faked. It's not all one shot, and oh. and I was a little nervous about this because I wasn't sure. And I went back and listened to what you said. If it had to be within one shot, because I was kind of thinking of like a gift that Markinson might make for this little moment. But you do not see; it's not all one shot, but it is one okay. character throwing something and the other character catching it. But sadly, it is not all one shot.
0: No, that's fine. That's allowed.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Sometimes so got I, I just 60%. love. I, I, what'd you say? Sometimes you gotta fake these things. Sometimes it takes the magic of Hollywood to do an effective throw and catch. Because right. if you recall, John C. Riley throwing that katana, Tom Hiddleston caught it in a separate, like shot, right? Because uh, okay, it would be okay. impossible to do that when you're actually fighting skull crawlers. So they had to do it in separate shot. They did one shot of John C. Riley throwing it, and they had a stage hand off off screen throwing the katana to Tom Hiddleston for the other part of the shot. See. Very and another
3: cool shot out. where it crawls on the
1: skull. Yeah. Well, I also had another point of – not point of contention, but another question about well, – I'll ask this afterwards. No, well, maybe on. maybe
0: you'll have to bring it up to, in the court,
1: guess, in case you get pulled over
0: and uh, arrested and – Sports for a sport. judge. Yeah. Sport. All right. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys my third favorite throw and catch –
1: uh, oh shoot! I Uh-oh. didn't order. That. I did not order them.
0: You uh, get to pick on the fly. That's the I do, point. don't I?
1: Are um, oh, your number three is from Kongskol Island, and it's no, that
0: one? Yeah, that one I can't do. So I, I, I'm going to do this, and I, this isn't my favorite. It's just kind of I remembered it for some reason. It's kind of dumb. It makes no sense, and it's true of a lot of things in this movie, which I tried to rewatch, and I think this movie's dumb. Uh, Snatched. No. It is. It does have to do with King Arthur, though. Uh, in John Borman's Excalibur – I'm listening. They, they get the sword from the Lady of the Lake, and the way that John Borman does this is just a someone standing under a lake with – I don't even know if it's a chick – with her hand or his hand sticking up out of the water holding Excalibur. And that's kind of a famous shot for, from the movie. And when Nicole Williamson goes there and gets the sword and whatnot, like you see there's the Lady of the Lake. It's the hands taken out of the lake holding Excalibur. At the end of the movie when – I don't know, Lancelot, whoever uh, – King Arthur's dying. Lancelot's going to take the sword. It's not Lancelot. Who Fuck. is it, Percival? Yeah. Okay. And he's going to throw the sword back in the lake. King Arthur's like, put this back. Somebody. Put this hmm. back where I found it. And the guy goes out, and he's going to throw it in the lake. And this makes no sense. He then comes back to King Arthur, and he's like, are you sure? And King Arthur's like, yeah, go throw it away. And there's a scene of him going back out, and he goes back to
3: the lake. No, he goes, I can do it, and then he goes back, which is – Yeah, well, why, did, why didn't they just cut that out? Like, why? Actually, actually, you're right. I mean, you just go it there. The book, but it's kind of it's stupid in a movie.
0: Oh, I didn't realize he was trying to do something. It makes no sense. Just go and do it. Like, why do you have a scene of someone – yeah, that makes no sense. But anyway, when he goes back, he, th- he throws the sword out and the hand just rises up and just neatly catches it. They shoot it in reverse or something. It's totally cheated. Uh, and then pulls the sword back down, like just very calmly into the lake without making a ripple. But this whole idea that Percival's just throwing it and then the hand just comes up and catches it just perfectly.
3: It's uh, Grifflet, not uh, whatever, Percival. It's Grifflet. Grifflet? Yeah, Grifflet throws the sword.
0: That's That's something from Harry Potter. That's not a Knight of the Round Table. There's somebody named Grifflet? There's
2: no Grifflet. Grifflet.
0: No, there's no Sir. You're making
3: things up. What? It's T.H. White, bro. Sir Grifflet? It's Mallory. All right. From uh, Family Ties. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. She wrote King Arthur.
1: And this is how Supreme Executive Power is derived.
0: Uh, all right, so Excalibur, my third favorite, in that I remember it and it's weird and it stuck <laughs> out for me. Throwing I like
3: this joke. Just for the record, it took me a minute. Sorry, Tom, you're three like to up up me later I, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, I think all right, Kelly, so so What? What was that? He's doing a Holy Grail joke,
0: right? Oh, okay. Well, that's why I didn't get. I I, I have a filter that that screens out Holy Grail jokes.
3: Some talk in the lake.
0: all monty python jokes get filtered they're screened out from me
3: really yeah
0: i am over monty python i'm sorry
3: even the machine that goes ping the heck is that it's from meaning of life brah i'm over it the weak one over
0: it done it been there thought it was funny (laughs) moved on
3: (laughs) my number two favorite throw and catch uh, I'll be upset if this one's not on your list, Tom, actually, because it's uh, one of your favorite movies. Give me a line from it. Absolutely not. <sighs> That's my number one. You jer- OK, I'm going <laughs> to ah. see I thought it might be. Oh,
1: God, you guys.
0: <sighs> Wait, Dingus, why, why are you going to God? you guys? It's a great one.
1: Because you, now you're going to do the whole thing.
3: We're not. It's Marcy Marlene. Absolutely this is from
1: no. this is from High Road to China.
3: Yeah, with uh, Bess Armstrong. an Ego. Tom, and Tom Skerritt. Right. No. Oh, God. yeah, with the mustache, Tom Skerritt. So then uh, in uh, High Road to Ch- Big China, uh, Jack Burton, his superpower is catching things <laughs> in the movie. And he discovers this betting Wong. Uh, uh, that, or no, Wong bets him because he lost a bet. That He can't slice a beer bottle with a samurai sword, and he fails and loses the bet, but Jack catches the bottle right before it hits his in the face. And that's it's all in his, the reflexes. Yeah, and that's, that's all. Set, uh, at the end, someone
0: throws a knife at him. Someone? It's Lopan. It's the main bad guy. What do you mean someone?
1: Yeah, yeah Lopan. I even I know who that is. Lopan throws a knife at him, and
3: or no, no. catches it. Well... What? Tom, it's if it's your knife. number
1: it's,
0: 1. Will you take Kelly one? Yeah, Kelly Wan, you're not qualified to explain this scene. You know what I say when I'm not
2: qualified? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so he he's facing off against Pan, and he's got his throwing knife and you know because it's a superpower, he knows and he throws it and he just misses Pan by a mile and it bounces off a gong or something and he completely has blown his chance to take Lopan out and Lopan picks up the knife and He's like, "Oh, very nice knife." I think I'll kill you with it, and he chucks it at Kurt Russell because he's like a super ancient Chinese wizard, and he throws it at Kurt Russell, and Kurt Russell catches it. So there's the throw and catch I guess, but then immediately chucks it back, and it goes right into Lopin's uh, forehead and kills him. Lopin falls over, and then the domino effect with all the Buddha statues. Uh, But it's 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 his own knife, and he's already missed once. He's already blown it.
3: Right. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: (laughs) Someone throws a knife at Kurt Russell, please.
3: Those (laughs) names all sound the same. Jack Burton, Kim (laughs) Cattrall. And
0: he's got lipstick on when he does it, too. And then after everything falls, he looks at Kim Cattrall like he meant to do that. And he says it's all in the reflexes. It's a callback and it's brilliant. It's one of the best scenes in Big Trouble in Little China. What's your what's your deal, Kelly Wand? He says that in Deep Sea Horizon at the end, too. Um no, he does not, but nice try. Okay, Dingus, you, you're just calling that cuz now Dingus is the only person on this podcast who hasn't seen Deepwater Horizon. And Kelly, oh. Wani, you agree with me that he should, right? Yeah, it's it's good. I See, recommend Dingus? it to everyone. Over Snatched. What about yeah. Over Kurt Russell and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Which Kurt Russell oh. movie should people go to? <laughs> that or Deepwater Horizon? Deepwater Horizon. I agree. Yeah. And I'm the guy who defended, who I'm the apologist for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and I still think everyone should go to Deepwater Horizon instead. Or Bone
3: Tomahawk. Well, that's not a Kurt Russell movie. That but makes... I'm a hateful aid apologist. Yeah, I oh. know. I know. All right. It's got Kurt Russell in it. What? Uh,
0: yeah, that's right. It does. But that's funny. Christo- yeah, He's it's got. T- that's right. Tim Roth playing the Christoph Waltz part. God, lord. Wait, know. are you being a hateful aid apologist?
3: Yeah. It's not that good, but it's funny. <laughs> it's funnier than Snatched. Okay, that'll give you. And it's <laughs> three that. times as long, so that's <laughs> even better value, isn't it?
0: All right, Dingus, what is your second favorite throw and catch?
1: Mm. Uh, wait, I didn't order mine. Hold on just a second. Uh-oh, oh, <laughs> he's doing this
0: on the fly. He's making it
3: up as he goes. It does take a while.
1: It does not actually. It's where
3: three All by right. threes are one and lost. What would you say? It's where three by threes are one and lost is the ordering. Because I right. was going to make that my number one, but then I went, "No, I'll show Tom that I know what that Asian guy's name is." <laughs> <laughs> so tricked him. So let, right. let's well let's let's watch you trick Tom now out of his number two.
0: No way. No one's going to get my number two. This one just came to me fairly late.
3: In, in Armageddon, when the Earth catches the asteroid. Shut ast- up. Oh, my God. How did you know? <sighs> that's right. The
0: universe throws the asteroid and the Earth catches it. In Ah, That's, uh, that's right. The universe throws a planet. Kristen Dunst's face catches it.
3: When the chandelier catches Kristen Dunst. <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about. That's a good point. That's, a, that's unusual for me. It's a <laughs> weird feeling. So lonely. Here comes Dingus.
1: Here's my, here's a bit of a dialogue from my number two. Uh, This was almost the number one, but uh, it uh, wound up being number two. And in spite of the fact that I think I'll get in trouble for my number one for other reasons. Uh, But here's a little bit of dialogue. Uh, Was he wearing a parachute? Was he wearing a parachute? No, no, he wasn't. Ah, wait. does sound familiar, doesn't
0: it,
3: Kelly Wand? Yeah, something recent. I'll feel dumb when he says, and just in general.
0: He does not wear a parachute. Fate of the Furious. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's wait. Describe the scene when they say that in Fade of the Furious after well, Tyrese splats against the tree. <laughs> so, no, that's that's, that's it's, uh, Charlie's Theron like jumps out of a
0: plane and there's a parachute thing involved, right?
3: Vin Diesel walks up, brushing himself off, and says, not <laughs> wearing a parachute. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't need it. Sucks my muscles." <laughs>
1: Here's the here's the more obvious quote. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out?
0: Oh, Captain! Your Captain America thingy.
1: Yes. Oh, I my... know what
0: this is. I know what this is.
1: Well, which one do you think I'm going to pick? This is from Captain America Winter Soldier. What do you think it's I would pick? Catches, just,
0: it's when shield. Bucky catches his shield, and we know that, oh, now Bucky's super badass,
1: right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that moment. But this is something that – I was talking about this with my son because he had a bunch of picks too for this – for the topic that I'll be happy to share once we get to listener picks. Um, but uh, – and this is the thing I was talking about a little bit before because I have another – I have a runner-up that also – kind of um, fulfills this is the idea of you throwing something and catching it yourself. Because uh, what I had to listen to in as you uh, gave the topic was, does one person have to throw it and another ah. person have to catch it? No, or can sneaky. it be yeah can it be cuz in the beginning in that in that sequence on the ship which is a really lo- i mean i just I've, i really the more times i've seen winter soldier i love it more every time i've seen it um there's a bunch of moments where he throws the shield it ricochets off of things and he grabs it himself it's this it's the boomerang effect and it's very much planned so uh, there's a there's a couple of times on the ship and the in that beginning action sequence, not the very beginning, because the very beginning is on your left, on your left, on your left. Uh, but on the ship where he throws the shield, it reverberates around and he grabs it again and he keeps going. But that's all planned. Um, but it is still throwing something and catching it. He's doing it himself. But then I started thinking, well, what's the interval? You know, Can I just throw something from one hand to the other? Can I throw something from one hand to the same hand? Um, so I decided to abandon that, and then I remembered the whole thing with, with Winter Soldier catching, catching the shield and how surprising that is. And then, he, and then he again throws it right back, and then Steve Rogers catches it, and it drives him back as well. So it's, it's the shield back and forth. Uh, so it's actually, it's actually a throw catch throw catch, uh, in Captain America Winter Soldier.
0: Now, why
3: can Bucky do that and other people can't?
1: Because his uh, his very special arm is made out of the same material.
3: If he caught it with his other arm, I would have been really impressed that he's badass.
1: Yeah, or or with his teeth, um, but he catches it with his very special vibranium arm.
3: Is that oh, why he not- has the arm? Because he caught it without the arm beforehand, and then they added it to him what does he have a vibrating arm because he caught the shield with his nor with it
1: oh before rider. no I Hurts think because he fell out. into a chasm and lost his arm and then they uh, I couldn't they put a very special arm on him and reprogrammed his brain
0: wait that's what happened when Bucky fell off the train in the first movie and went missing the outcome of that was he just lost an arm
1: I think so
3: man
0: all right he got off
3: pretty easy, if that's all that happened when he then fell. Then the brainwashing well, – oh, Let's take yeah. that guy who fell and then brainwash him and put it, give him an arm. And then he also
1: dead. lost his brain and his uh, past and his life. So there's no. no that.
3: And now he's back in hibernation because he prefers that. I thought he was running around in a museum when we last saw him. No, that was Winter Soldier in Civil War. Yeah, it's
1: the end of Winter so Yeah.
3: Wait, but, but then, now he's frozen again? Who froze – Yeah. At the end of Civil War, he goes to Captain America. You know what? Uh, this is too crazy. I know we're friends now, and, I, and my, I got my brain back, but I hate it. So I'm gonna go back into, go back into the ice. Uh, in okay, a, I guess I vaguely a, don't remember that. All crazy. right, the end, not. They don't want to do any more Bucky stories, so they don't want to kill him.
0: Well, yeah, Sebastian Stan's a very busy fellow. He can't be bothered doing these Marvel movies. He's got other stuff, like mm-hmm. uh, the Bronze. Yeah. That's <sighs> true. All a- right, my number two favorite catch and throw. My favorite is a. Uh, big trouble in little china this one um uh so i've i've had this like sort of i think it's like an aging thing i've got this serious crush on Alison janney and tony Collette, right like i think it's just you know they're my age and i I, young women are beautiful too but i just find them very attractive so uh i went back and watched tony Collette's first movie um and it opens with not the throw so I've got to, I'm gonna cover my bases with this. But a movie called Muriel's Wedding opens with a bouquet sailing out of the sky and falling into a, a gaggle of grasping bridesmaids. And they're all grabbing at it, and it's like bouncing from hand to hand, and it finally lands in the hands of this overweight, uh, horsey looking girl named Muriel, played by Tony Collette in, in like her first movie. Uh, and she's delighted because she's a young girl. She wants to get married. She wants to be the person who caught the bouquet. However, I'm not sure this is eligible because we didn't actually see it thrown. It was thrown. That was the assumption. But the movie begins with the bouquet in the air. So at this point, she's holding the bouquet, and the other bridesmaids start berating her, saying, Muriel, you're never going to get married. Nobody likes you. Besides, it's, it's Heather's turn. Give it to Heather. Yeah, Muriel, give it to Heather. But they're all in an Australian accent. Of course, it's an Australian movie. So Tony Collette does this really cute little thing where she looks at the bouquet and she just does a light little toss to Heather. <laughs> and that's the throw and catch. But Heather, by the way, is no longer in it. She's like, well, no, you touched it. I don't want it anymore. And she and she throws it back uh, to Muriel. Uh, Tony Collette was so – like it, it – so she gained 42 pounds. She was a 20-year-old wow. actress. She put on 42 pounds to do this movie, uh, this romantic comedy. Um, well, i got to pick up this cat. Um,
2: and, Euphemisms. Uh,
0: <laughs> who, who threw the cat? <laughs> it's not ah, I see? Uh, I also have – I don't know if you guys know this. Mama Mia is not a musical based on Muriel's wedding.
1: <laughs> nope. uh, you guys hey – you guys the, knew story that? Of, the story of the, the filmmaker for Muriel's Wedding getting the music uh, is, is a pretty great story.
0: I don't know how – because that's why I thought Mamma Mia was a musical of Muriel's Wedding. It's like why could there – why would two stories rely so heavily on ABBA? So I just thought – and Muriel uh, Mamma Mia, the picture for the Broadway play just got a woman holding a bouquet in a wedding dress. I was like, yeah, of course – It's just a musical of Muriel's Wedding that later got made into a movie of the musical with like – it's like
3: Meryl Streep and whatnot. So you guys
0: knew this. You guys knew that Mamma Mia was not a Muriel's Wedding
1: musical.
3: I didn't know there was a movie called Mamma Mia, so I'm just going (laughs) to take your word for it. (laughs) All right. It means my mom, right? Well,
1: ABBA Abba wouldn't license their music for movies at all. And uh, what's the name of the dude who did Muriel's Wedding? PJ Hogan. PJ Hogan. Thank you. Uh, I remember him talking about this and being, and just begging and begging and begging them. And and then I think being super sick and not being in when he was supposed to meet with them and, and then finally getting on a plane or whatever, whatever he did, he finally, it was one of those, it's one of those great, uh, great stories about just begging somebody, please, please let me use your music. And this is why, um, but yeah, I know that I know what you're talking about, and I and I can absolutely see that that post. I mean, that poster, the poster for the movie is in my head now of you know of her it's like. It's the looking same kind up. of thing,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same kind of thing, and Mamma Mia, the
1: musical poster is the same kind
0: of thing too. Yeah. and they both have ABBA, so I just assumed, um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, she's um. Like she 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 gets halfway through the movie like the movie or she it opens with her in a little small town and everybody there's a loser and she ends up moving to Sydney to try to start a new life and she meets Rachel Griffith uh, and Rachel Griffith is really cool and all that stuff Um, like halfway through the movie though she I don't know if it's an accident or intentional but she starts getting hot. Which is a little distracting because she's super horsey in the beginning, like super horsey. I don't know if it's like a makeup thing. It's her hair is terrible. But when she moves to Sydney, even though she's still like – she's still got the extra 40 pounds, but some of it is in her chest, and she wears these like shirts that like you can see. And there's a point where she's rolling around in her underwear in a beanbag. Uh, so, so yeah, halfway through <laughs> Muriel's wedding, she starts to get hot. And you start to realize, because uh, you know, Tony Collette now, like 46, I think, she's like super sexy, super sleek and lean.
1: Yeah, she's really sexy. Uh,
0: yeah, so you start to see like there's this inkling of that halfway through Muriel's wedding, which I think is to the detriment of the story. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I see where she's going. Yeah, this, she's super hot. Yeah. Uh, Dingus, do you remember a guy in Animal Kingdom named Dan Wiley who played the lawyer? Yeah. Yeah, he's I in Muriel's wedding. Guy. He's he's the he's her brother Muriel's wedding. He's got a couple of fun scenes in in that, which I
1: Didn't uh, we see him in something else?
0: Yes, he's in Sanctum and he's in I think something else. He's uh, not in the Rover. No, he's um No, he, but he's in okay. uh he's in um, you know, Animal Kingdom and he's in uh War Machine, which is uh his next
1: movie. Uh, oh, I oh, okay. I was going to say I haven't seen that, but obviously.
0: No, you have not. It is not out yet. Yeah. Isn't something
1: else a Woody Allen movie? Yeah, I think you're right. What else has PJ Hogan done? Oh, good Lord.
0: Uh, nothing that I felt the need to watch. I forgot. Okay. I looked at his pay. Yeah. That's All right. not a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. <laughs> 46, uh, 56. I, I think I've decided too. So we saw Jack Raynor in Free Fire. Watching Tony Collette again in Muriel's Wedding. Uh, I, I, the movie's just really clunky and it does this weird third act shift and it does fall under the junkies are tedious rubric, but I think I'm going to go to bat for a movie called Glassland unfortunately just because she's so good in it and jack raynor is really good so mm-hmm. i'm throwing that out there as an official recommendation if you like any
3: beanbag writhing scene in it? there's no
0: beanbag writhing there's plenty of writhing there's some dancing
3: <laughs> no because under-
0: you remember so the guy's making out with her and she's wearing these 80s pants it's like leather with all these zippers everywhere, which people used to wear in the 80s. So he's on top of her fumbling around, and she's into it, and they're both into it. And he's trying to undress her, so he accidentally unzips the beanbag. <laughs> like they're on a beanbag, and he unzips the beanbag, and the little pieces from the beanbag go flying everywhere. And it knocks a birdcage through a window, and a typhoon gets in, and all the little beanbag pieces are flying around. Uh, it's, it's sort of seen you might see in a musical if it were ever adapted. Is there is there a bird in there uh i don't know dingus that's a good question she might have a fake bird in there because she's in a little tiny bohemian apartment in sydney yeah. i don't think there's any bird peril in muriel's wedding yeah, that i
1: recall <laughs> i like it's, that
3: I in the 70s did they ever make meals using the beans from bean bags and water from waterbeds so they were actually not beans, but they were little tiny r- brown styrofoam things. Oh, uh, they
0: weren't edible? Not actual beans. Not yeah. real beans, I'm afraid. The
1: they, would only, you know, they would only use wind to make the meals.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. You just said the word wind meal. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, no, it's not
1: like uh, Clearly,
0: uh. Uh, Mira's Wedding, also, uh, <laughs> well, before we move on, it reminded me of a really good movie you guys should see called Edge of 17. I think Edge of 17 oh, yeah. is – the contemporary Muriel's Wedding is to 1990. Whatever, uh, what Edge of Seventeen is to 2016. Mm. So you guys should see Edge of Seventeen, uh, just as far as um, a movie about a girl that age who can't quite fit in, uh, played by a really good actress. So you're
1: saying is it ha- who is it Haley Steinfeld? Haley Steinfeld, yeah, in Edge. She's of the Steinfeld. new Tony Collette.
0: Um, yeah, I could see that working. Sure,
1: I don't I mean, see. I see mean, hope Haley
0: Steinfeld keeps think. working. I mean, I hope. I, I hope too. she's an actress when she's 46, like Tony Collette as well.
1: Yeah. Have you seen Begin Again yet?
0: No, but I understand she's in that. I should check that out. It's Begin a musical, Again, though, yeah. right?
1: She's really good in it. Yeah, it's a musical. It's damn. Oh, I don't like Gosh, darn it, Tom. Musicals are dumb. But she's yeah. And Mark Ruffalo's in it. Come on. Yeah,
3: oh. but they're like dancing and singing, and unless yeah, it's called ball.
1: dancing, yeah. Yeah, come on.
3: Stop moving around. That's what I have to say to those people. Just act. <laughs> All right, well, Kelly Wand, do you also have to say to these
0: people what your favorite throw and catch is?
3: My number one is from a movie that I wish you guys had seen. That's your hint. So now I'll give you another hint by telling you adapt. the name of the movie. Please tell me the name. No. You've seen it. This is a movie I don't think you've seen, which is weird to me because it's one of my favorite movies. And. I'm bummed you didn't see this as a kid.
0: How can I have not seen one of your... Oh, as a kid. It's some dumb 80s thing. All right, go on. Carry on. No, it's a dumb 70s thing.
3: Even worse. Uh, it's from the Bad News Bears.
0: I've seen that. Why do you think I haven't We've seen that? We've all Bad seen Bears? that. Yeah. Uh, with Jack Black? Uh,
3: <laughs> Wait, is he in the remake? Who's the... No. He oh, met who's... Billy Bob Thornton. Ew, okay, right. That's see you got mixed up with Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> for your Bad News Bears joke. <laughs> I'm um, referring to the good bad news bears because it was it was the movie I saw when I was seven and went oh wait you can swear as a kid and get away with it if you're funny so that was a huge revelation to me in life so after that at school I would always I would swear as much as possible but I'd always work it into a joke somehow and now here we are
1: right and if also that, as a coach you can drink beer while you're coaching
3: yeah and he drives you all give kids the car beer. yeah <laughs> he gives kids the beer at the end and uh, he drives them all in his car and they're not wearing seat belts like he's so basically kind of, uh, kelly Wan, what you what you're saying is that bad news
0: bears needs to be rated r it's an r rated movie right
3: no uh. i'm saying all am saying every movie should be pg <laughs> even bad news but it has it has youthful, bad
0: news. youthful drinking youthful yeah. profanity right uh, but who, who's the vict- it's a victimless crime Cause There's the got to be
1: some smoking in there, Tom.
0: Yeah, do yeah. they smoke in Bad News Bears? Because that right there, R- NC-17, in fact. I'm going NC-17. He smokes.
3: Yeah, NC-17. And you think for a minute that Tatum O'Neill, Tatum O'Neill promises sex to Jackie O'Haley if he beats her at air hockey. And he does beat her at air hockey. and then But they wind up just going to a concert because he's a gentleman, I guess.
0: Is Tatum O'Neill in a movie called
3: Little Foxes? Little Darlings. Little Darlings. No, mm. what's... It's Christy McNichol. The summer camp one. There's one called Just Foxes. That's, that's not, what I'm thinking of with Jodie uh, Jody. It's Jodie Foster, yeah. Right. But anyway, Bad News Bears, Kelly Leak, Jackie Earl Haley, he's trying to impress Tatum O'Neil, and she has like a wicked fastball. And so they finally... He finally joins the team because... Uh, one of the teachers gets mad at him for doing his motorcycle hijinks on the baseball diamond and, like, and like uh, grabs him roughly. So then he's mm. like, all right, fuck you. I'm going to baseball. Suck it. You're going to have to deal with me. And he uses his motorcycle to score home runs. Um, that's, that's, that's
0: not allowed. That's, even I know that's not allowed. He pops a wheelie. Yeah, you're not – you even, even if you back. don't pop a wheelie, you can't drive a motorcycle around the bases. Not well, allowed. Well, it's
1: 76 because it's American League you can. It's called batting for the cycle. Mm, right. You guys no.
0: I know baseball. You know what 70s baseball movie I prefer?
3: Um, use cars. Wait, everybody, uh, Caligula. Everybody wants some. Oh.
1: You're Why not saying that with.
0: A, you're not saying that enough. With. I enough don't know answers. how to. Yeah, I don't know how to vocalize two exclamation points without. Without distorting the the sound.
3: You're selfish, man. He says that. Mustache guy. <laughs> anyway, so Kelly Leak joins the team. What's the Wait, catch, it's the I know, what Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. So we're waiting. Can we right.
1: actually get to the catch?
3: OK, I'll get over with really quick. So Tatum O'Neill has a really cool fastball. And so Kelly Leak's at bat. It's like his first time at bat. They're not sure what he can do. And so she, like, whips a fastball at him, and he catches it. And he just goes, in his hand. And he's all, a little faster, would you? And then he throws it back to her. <gasps> I screwed so he up.
0: I need to take back one of mine. I didn't I, – that's what I get for not numbering them. This isn't a runner-up. My main one, I – go ahead. Finish yours, and I got to change one of mine.
3: And then she goes, "Who's this guy I think he is? Mickey Mantle or something? And then that's the funny joke. So just like somebody, in
0: baseball, somebody throwing and somebody catching a ball in baseball. Yeah, kid.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, no one's ever done that. I've never seen that in a movie with adults where an adult catches the pitches – like, that'd be really badass if that happened in a World Series. Oh, he's supposed to hit it with the bat and instead. Yeah. He I see. If I saw that in the World Series, I'd pay a thousand
0: dollars to to myself. I don't think you're allowed to do that either. I don't think you can use a motorcycle and I don't think you can g- reach out and grab the pitcher's pitch.
3: Well, it's uh. a really chancy move. So if you do do it, you should be able you should get to score a run. Hmm. Think it's I what I you're
0: ruling on that?
1: Yeah, I'll t- that's uh, his ruling.
3: <laughs>
0: All
1: right, I'm, I'm more. I'm, I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah. All right, well, Degas, I have another question for
1: you. Yeah,
3: what's your favorite uh-huh. throw and catch in a movie? Oh my god, it's like Snatched. Right. Tom telegraphing that.
1: <laughs> um, uh, here's a quote from this, and I'm nervous about using this movie because Tom has referred to this movie as uh, my current. And he's right about this, is uh, basically being my current Rushmore slash Midnight Run. Um, so here's a quote from it. You got him? Yeah, I got him. Yeah. So Wait. this is uh, this is I just used this for the uh, yeah. same scene for Mexican Standoff, but right. I can't avoid it because it's such a great thrown catch, and it's the it's the scene in The Untouchables um, where uh, Stone. Uh, George Stone comes in to the scene and throws the revolver because Elliot Ness is out of bullets, and he throws the revolver to him. I just love – I love this gun throw. I I was trying to
0: think of gun throws. Yeah, that is a good
1: one. Yeah, I was thinking of gun throws and sword throws. Uh, I was also thinking of arrows and spears, so I looked – I watched – Troy actually to try to think, is there a moment where somebody throws a spear and catches it and then reverses it and throws it back? Um, and also arrows, but, but I couldn't, there's a, there's a really cool moment in, um, in, uh, Snow White, uh, and the Huntsman, um, or, uh, where the dude does a, does an arrow catch in reverse, but you, no matter how I tried to mess with it, I couldn't see shooting an arrow as throwing it. Um, but I love this moment, and it, it, the only reason I didn't want to use it because I've used Untouchable so much lately for the overhead shots, for Mexican standoff, for this. Um, but again, can no, help th- This moment where he throws that throws that little revolver up to Elliot Ness, and and this is uh, this is him sliding under the uh, this is George Stone. Um, sliding under the baby carriage to hold it up, pulling his own gun at the same time. I just love that sequence so much. So it's that gun throw in The Untouchables. Thing is, guess on,
0: guess on God. this podcast who didn't use a, a catch and a throw and catch from Jaws. That would be me. Hmm.
1: Jaws but I will be bringing it up during the runner-up, up, though. Well, don't wait for me.
0: Keith Leith says he threw his net far and wide for this one.
1: Wait, what's your number true. one?
0: Oh big trouble in little China. Big trouble.
1: Oh, yeah. oh that's right.
0: Uh Keith Leith number 3 2001 humps uh, uh, thought Hal to himself they sent me humps. This line of thinking leads Hal to propel Frank Poole into the inky void. <laughs> What's Dave, the catch? Dave I'm Bowman sorry? then catches him with arms. All right, Keith Leith. Uh, okay. Uh, nope, uh, no, I right. am sentencing Keith Leith to <laughs> a, the throw is
3: the is the weird part.
0: Yeah, it's not a throw. Uh, That's not a throw. So Keith, uh, I'm sentencing you to I'll maybe not. Cat. Oh, you know what? My cat just deleted your email, Keith. Leith, on my <laughs> iPad. So. <I laughs> What's the you.
1: space catch we just saw? Uh, uh,
0: uh life. Life. Okay. Interstellar. Yeah.
1: Would well, it would have been thrown by Mars, I guess. Yeah, gravity. Yeah, gravity.
0: Uh, Keith's number two pick Keith, you're in trouble Better watch this number two one Top secret Nick Rivers' book stacking skills involve catching and in the reverse footage throwing But I (laughs) eschew this clearly acceptable choice for the break-in to Flergendorf prison I have no idea what you people are talking about about top secret Chocolate Moose throws a grappling hook which is inadvertently (laughs) caught by Deja Vu who accompanies (laughs) the hook to the battlements Chocolate Moose expresses his approval with the way things have gone, with a thumbs up and a baritone, lovely. <sighs> what? Did any of that make sense to you guys? Most of
1: it, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Huh. Chocolate mousse, brah. Well, if you like chocolate. Is, yeah, why is he
1: ruling out the book catches?
0: Um, uh, he's just because. He, he's it. Just, because they're backwards? He's just, no, he's just chewing it. Um, for the break into Flugendorf prison, he's not ruling it out. He's just chewing it. Will you oh, stop saying see. it like that? Why is chewing? Chewing. Like, he's a a chewing? He's just chewing. No, stop it. What do you? A a how shoe. do you say it? A
1: shoe. It's not. a chewing. A shoe.
0: shoe. It's not a shoe, shoe, dingus. It's oh, a chew. It's I not a, step shoe. Step a shoe. A shoe right is something on your foot. A You foregrow. Or see? see? See, dingus. You know. You foregrow. Uh, number one, Keith Leith, once upon a time in America, Noodles uh-huh. is an ex-hood, He's yeah. yeah. carrying a case full of cash, is following cryptic leads, is being followed. So when he's nervously walking below an underpass
2: <laughs> in his
0: old stomp- stomping ground, he and the viewer are both startled by a frisbee arrowing towards the screen – with a serpentine rattle. OK, so what threw me is he said once upon a time in America, and I mentally was thinking once upon a time in the West.
3: Oh, yeah. So oh, a right
0: frisbee being thrown. I was like, no, wait a minute. And then I had to think, oh, a different movie. Well, it is still in America. That's true. Uh, the actual throw isn't seen. All right, Keith, that's, uh, that's two. Uh, the actual throw isn't seen, but this example immediately sprang to mind when Tom stressed catches. Keith, Tom also stretched throws. Uh, as after Noodles ducks the frisbee, it's caught by an unknown hand with the noise of a slamming sarcophagus lid.
3: What? Ugh, I not which character I am. Le- Leon <laughs>
0: immediately cuts to a scene decades earlier. What? Where Noodles is also carrying a case. Leon is shown in the 60s. He's hand gripping a case handle. What? The never-identified catching hand is followed by a close-up of the younger Noodle's case being snatched from his hand by his childhood friend Max pretending to be a chauffeur as Noodles emerges from the big house. Right. See, it's oh, 2001. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, in a film full of memorable transitions, this one Match sticks out cut. the most. That frisbee hand has imposed itself on my consciousness as much as other culturally important hands. And he mentions carrying deliverance. What? All right. I didn't understand any of that, Keith Leith, but – I did, Keith Leith. I support you. Nope. You don't get to support him. He's in trouble for his 2001 thing. Okay. I don't I, understand I, that I one. I don't even know – yeah. Keith, I don't know any of these, but I know that your number three is disqualified. Hmm. So. You're welcome, listener. Sean Broussard says it's his first time writing in. Welcome, Sean. Mm. Um, uh, let's see. Anyway, here's my three-by-three and three quotes. Okay. All right. Well, so Dingus, when you did this on the podcast once and no one knew what you were doing, and I made a note, asked Dingus what the hell he was doing, and only realized afterwards that I didn't ask you. So I Googled it and through that remembered what it was from. So Kelly Wan, if you remember on the Free Fire podcast, Dingus did this weird thing where he goes, ooh, guns, guns, guns. Come on, Sal. The Tigers are playing tonight, and I never miss a game. But Dingus did it with more sort of – bravado mm-hmm. and like a weird inflection. Uh, and, bravura. and bravura. Bravado and Bravura. He yeah. was doing he was doing Kurtwood Smith in uh, uh oh. in Robocop. Oh. He didn't tell us that. I know. He never told us. He did an impression to and then figure the that out. Yeah.
3: Ugh, what a
0: Anyway, that's Jean Broussard. That's his opening quote for his number three pick, RoboCop. The newly unveiled RoboCop has been put through preliminary calibrations and target practice, and the beat cops seem equal part fascinated and unnerved by him. Bob Morton tells the desk officer at the PD, quote, he'll need a car. RoboCop walks in a frame, intercepts the arc of the throw from the cop to Morton – oh, nice – by catching the keys overhand without breaking his stride, all with a polite thank you.
1: Uh, that's a good one a good one i like that
0: uh, i can't read sean brassard's quote for his number two because it looks like it involves like acting some inflection there's a cough here and a pause uh, there's a <laughs> reference you,
1: you can do all that come yep, on yep, there's
0: a reference to an n-word can't do
1: pauses there's, oh, what?
0: there's yep there's stuff from uh the day the earth stood still can't do any of this i'm afraid so i'm just going to go on and read his entry Number two, Army of Darkness. After battling the supernatural evil unleashed from the Necronomicon, Ex Mortis, Ash has been sucked through a portal from the modern day back into the Middle Ages. He's found by some, quote, primitive screwheads, end quote, who throw him into a watery wall-spiked pit to fight some deadites. Things are going poorly for Ash until, uh, a, a, wise, until a wise man who believes Ash to be a prophesied hero intercedes. He tosses – oh, right, I'm seeing something like this too. He tosses Ash's trusty chainsaw down the pit – Ash jumps to meet it. It locks onto his outstretched arm with a satisfying click, and he handily dispatches the deadites and ascends from the pit. He does this about three or four times in every episode of Ash vs. the Evil Dead.
3: <laughs> yeah, but that was the first time. Right, that right. That's where it all started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number one – uh-oh. 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 The line is, I think my eyes are getting better. Instead of a big dark blur, I see a big light
1: blur. Um, dingus, oh, that's that? a good one. I like that.
0: I you, can't you, you say Wait, that what?
1: R2-D2 is throwing the lightsaber? I just did a whole thing oh. at
0: the end of the 3x3, dingus. Say no. Why not? Because it's not a throw. Droid is not a – no, droids can't throw things unless they have balls. He's farting it, kind of – He's Char- <laughs> ejecting it. Yeah, basically. It's an ejaculation. Yeah. He's ejaculating the lightsaber. Yeah. Sean Brassard's number one pick. Luke, Han, and Chewie have been sentenced to death by Sarlacc Pit. A guard prods Luke to the end of the plank, where Luke looks to Jabba's sail barge and he salutes. A panel in R2's domed head slides back, revealing the hilt of a lightsaber. So if I were to fire, say, a Tomahawk missile from a, uh, a destroyer, would That's that so missile be thrown? No. That is firing. So what do you all think the whole,
1: the whole idea of pitcher and catcher comes from? <laughs> Kevin Smith.
3: Baseball? What? I don't understand. What? I don't understand that question. An airplane.
1: Well, never mind.
0: I see anyway, Luke steps off the plank, spins around and grabs it by the end of the fingertips and bounces upward. R2 see, ejects. He catches the plank, too. Uh, yeah. Who threw it? No one. R2 ejects the lightsaber. Right here, Sean Broussard I'm, I'm underlining this. Wrote R2 ejects the lightsaber, ejecting and throwing. If if I'm if I'm in a jet plane and it's crashing and I pull the handle, is the jet plane to eject? Is the jet plane throwing me? No. Is is John McClane thrown out of a jet plane in Die Hard 2? Is VCR throwing a videotape at you? Correct. When you hit eject? Exactly. <laughs> It does uh, an uh, Amazon women. Luke does a flip back onto the skiff, stretches it. We know what happens. Uh, okay, so, oh, Sean uh, Brassard knew what he was doing because he says, if I'm pulled over from the number two or the number three, it's clearly due to biases against those without hands or robots. Mm-hmm. Even number yeah. one,
3: despite appearances, belongs to both groups. Yeah, he catches his body on a can, so it doesn't count as a catch either.
0: What? Uh, yeah, no, that's a, a bionic is not a droid, it's an extension of a human being. All right, Sean, you are. Um, I sentence you to go see uh, Snatched.
1: <laughs> oh, fate worse I know. than death.
3: Arthur Jim. So it's like a tennis ball machine th- shooting a nope. tennis ball. At nope. you. It, so right, exactly. It's not throwing. Uh,
0: Arthur Jim Jelly is also going to get to go see uh, Snatched because his number three pick. Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. First of all, he calls it Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. There's no such movie. It's called Return nope. of the Jedi. Star Wars is a movie that was made several – a couple of years beforehand. Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. So Arthur, Jill Vallala Jelly, have fun watching Snatched with Goldie Hawn and Amy
3: Schumer. Uh,
0: we know the scene he's talking about. Okay. I have a question
3: about Star Wars really quick.
0: Yes, I can uh, answer. I know these
3: questions. I no seem like, this seems like a good time. Okay, yeah. so in the Star Wars movies, there's reference to the Clone Wars? Yes, there is. So in the future, do they go – and after the Clone Wars, there was those other wars, the Star Wars. Like that's what those wars are called? The Vader ones? No one in the movie
0: Star Star Wars Wars knows he's in a movie called Star Wars. Star Wars. All right. They all think they're in a horror
1: movie.
0: Arthur Gilvala who is now watching Snatched, by the way. Uh Uh, Number two, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay, so far so good, Arthur. Robert, oh, Downey, yes. Jr., Robert Downey Jr. uses his <laughs> uses his quick magician reflexes to intercept a thrown phone and ask the person on the other end for help. Even his captors compliment him on the skillful catch and are fooled by Michelle Monaghan into thinking the call was merely a recorded advertisement. I don't remember that, but I like it.
1: I uh, do too. I have another Star Wars question, by the way. Yes,
0: Jenkins, I can field these. Uh-huh.
1: All right. So, do you guys remember um, in Captain America Winter Soldier?
0: It's not a Star um, Wars question so far, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> when, but there's a
3: star uh, on the shield.
1: After he's run around the lake, uh, run around the uh, reflecting pool. Right. And um, uh, he's talking to Anthony Mackey, and, and Anthony Mackie says, Marvin Gaye. And so um, uh, he takes out his little. His little journal, and he's like, "Okay, let me write this down. This is another thing I have to catch up on." Mm -hmm. And it shows a list of all the things that he's written down so far. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: One of the things on the list is Star Wars slash Star Trek. Star Wars has been crossed out. Ouch! Do you think that means, okay, I already saw those. Oh, (laughs) I'll watch that. Are what other things mean? crossed
0: out on the list? This is an important question. Is it the only uh, thing crossed out on the list
1: i didn't I didn't notice that. I just noticed that particular line and I wondered if that means I've done this now I'll do that or if it just means right. nah, I'm only interested in Star Trek right I
0: guess I can answer this question definitively if it's the only thing crossed out on the list then clearly we have not established that he's crossing things out as he is watching them, and it's more likely that he is foregoing Star – he's eschewing Star Wars (laughs) for Star Trek. If there are multiple things crossed out, it's unlikely that he's writing things and then changing his mind. So if there are multiple things crossed out, we can infer that he's crossing them out as he sees them and that he has correctly seen Star Wars before Star Trek and may in fact never get around to bothering with Star Trek because it's not worth it.
1: All right. I like this ruling. I think this yep. is a decent ruling.
3: Yep. I think it would have been more in character if he'd just written Star Wars forward slash track. Like, yeah, those two star Because he doesn't know which one's which anyway. Hey, people in the audience
0: might not understand that.
3: <laughs> What's the forward slash?
0: What? What's the colon? Yeah, I don't think it's an Earl. Arthur Gilvala-Jelly's number one pick. I like where this is going, Arthur. You know, we'll find out. The Prestige.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Oh, okay. In his version of The Transported Man, Hugh Jackman throws his top hat high into the air before vanishing into a trap door. Jackman's double then emerges on the other side of the stage and catches the thrown hat before it hits the ground. Arthur, I'm almost going to let. Arthur, you can leave halfway through, snatched. (laughs) I liked it when you said Jackman. Uh, I love – Arthur writes, I love the showmanship of this trick (laughs) and how the throne hat stands in stark contrast to Christian Bale's version of The Transported Man where he simply bounces a ball across the stage. Arthur, very nice. Have fun watching the first half of Snatched, by the way. Uh, Nick D. Throws and catches. Here we go. Uh, Nick D., have fun in uh, Snatched. You're watching the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're silly shanning. about a droid ejecting a lightsaber. Uh, Great movie. Nick Snatched. Yeah, you'll enjoy really?
3: it. That's the most popular listener. Well, well here we
0: know. go. This is a runner-up for most popular. Nick D's number two pick, The Untouchables. At the end of the baby carriage scene, Andy Garcia comes running up at the last minute with two guns in his hand. He chucks one, tosses one to Kevin Costner, who's just run out of bullets. Kevin Costner catches it perfectly. That one's just fine. Time to shoot. Yeah, that one's good. And, he okay. Chuck's? Did he uh, you know chuck there? He wrote tosses, and I was editorializing and realizing right.
3: more iconic than... Turn of the I love it
0: because I love that verb. Who's this chucker? You know what's better verb. than chucking? Uh, he to huck something. Like yeah, you can hucking, huck is too. hucking is yeah. great. Yeah, I think more people. I should have made it uh, top three hucks and catches.
3: I hate <laughs> the Jedi one because the music goes da 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 like as he throws it. Or, I mean, excuse me, ejects it to too. <laughs> so it's sort of telegraphing that he's going to catch it. Right, right.
0: It? Exactly. You're, you're sort of celebrating yeah. a little early here.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that the whole thing is going to succeed. It's basically right. like, OK, we're going to rescue Han. It's like, like what's going to happen? Uh, Nick D's number one
0: pick. Nick, you also can leave halfway through Snatched. It's only uh, Keith Leith who has to watch the whole thing at this point because his number one pick he doesn't even mention the name of the movie. He just writes, it's all in the reflexes. And we know what that's from. Uh, all right, and Kelly Wand, he knows Lopan's name. He knows that it's Jack Burton's knife. He knows that uh, – he knows the response, the it's all in the reflexes. He knows he – even, he even says Jack Burton tricks Lopan by throwing it back at him.
3: What's the movie? <laughs> JK.
0: Chris Marketson, I'm being very literal with two of my picks. I'm assuming it's okay if the person making the throw didn't want it to be caught. Of course, Chris Marketson. Mm-hmm. or at least for it not to be caught with a hand.
1: How uh, you catch?
0: Well, we'll find out. You yeah, catch something like, with Andrew, your mouth? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right,
1: right. Or your butt. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, <laughs> that made me think of Ryan Philippe running around with
3: celery in his butt in yep. gruder. Oh, Powers Booth died, and it's MacGruber with a B, fool. <laughs> I call him. Wow. Sorry, Powers wow.
1: Booth, you got part uh, of that sentence. That's, that's quite an epitaph.
3: Yeah, I hope that – that's my eulogy, Powers Booth. Chris Whoa.
0: Markinson's number three, Watchmen. The comedian gets attacked, and while defending himself, he throws a butcher's knife at his assailant who catches it easily. Oh, yeah. I need to watch that again. Now that I'm a now that I'm a Zack Snyder sucker punch apologist. Oh yeah, I watched Why Him too on the plane. I forgot to tell you that uh, with Brian Cranston and James Franco. How'd that mm-hmm. work out for you, Kelly Wand?
3: Uh, there was some butts in it. I forgot why <clears throat> I mentioned it. What were you we were just probably, talking about? Was it a comedian tie-in somehow? Or yeah, it? it was a joke to, you just did. And I went. Oh wait, it's, <laughs> it was a, Why Him. Yeah. Okay. Back to listeners. I'm sorry.
0: sorry. Uh, I don't know what this one is, but I, I, it's another Christopher Nolan movie that uh, Chris Markinson has mentioned. Dark Knight. I'm trying to hmm. think of throws and catches in Dark Knight. Do you guys know of anything? Huh. Let's uh, find out. Uh, the ooh. throw of a cell phone and its catch aren't very special. But I really like that the Joker just wants his phone call. Oh, I'm not remembering oh. that. But apparently Chris right. Markinson was impressed when uh, – Someone throws a phone into the cell and the Joker catches it. Is that right?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Is, it, is it when of... he's like he he's chained to the desk and he catches it? I'm thinking it's, it's he's in the
0: cell because it's in the cell where he dials the number that blows the guy up isn't it?
1: I thought, okay, I thought it was when he was in that interrogation but alright. Yeah.
3: Oh, or maybe just throws is... coins and catches them. Who throws coins? What? Two-Face?
1: Yeah, you can do that. Uh, Uh, No, no, okay, No, no, no.
0: Again, no, not not a throw. A throw is a toss and a flip. There's a difference between a toss. Like Dingus said, hey, what if you throw something from one hand to the other? We're juggling. That's tossing. He's using lift. No, lift (laughs) does not apply in a throw, Kelly Wand, unless it's a paper Uh, airplane.
3: Okay, right. That's true. That's where lift is. And then
0: Chris Parkinson's number one, Big Trouble in Little China. He correctly says, I'm sure it's been picked, but he likes that Jack Burton catches the knife that low pan throws at him. He also knows who's throwing the knife, Kelly Wand.
3: Chris well, Ryan. you know, see what I'm saying?
0: What, what I'd like I you I to, to say, theory. Kelly, Wand, is if you have any runners-up. No, but I like the topic. Dingus, runners-up.
1: Uh, I, I do have, have runners-up, but before I do that, let me just throw in a couple that my kid uh, add. Um, first of Wait, all, he picked
0: – for submission. Good. Yes.
1: Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because there's a catch uh, – a throwing and catching scene in that that immediately made him think of this. And it's a uh, father and son playing catch. Um, then it's uh, I got a movie. Your son needs to see him for my runners up. But go ahead. Boomerang uh, Road Warrior. He did also talk about Guardians of the, the first Guardians of the Galaxy as that far as
0: neat? with the little
1: orb where we're introducing
0: Rocket Raccoon and Groot and Gamora. Uh, right. I was looking for one in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Did he come up with one?
1: No, because it's more tossing. It's it and and we we kind of ruled that out. It's a, it's just Chris Pratt tossing the orb as he first meets Gamora, and she takes it away from him.
0: Oh, oh right, right, right. Yeah, your your uh, son would get pulled over for so. I'm glad he didn't pick that.
1: Well, he would get thrown in jail for this one, Tom, Uh-oh. and his and number Tom. one would probably be now you see me too.
0: Oh God. I mean, that that's. Tr- I mean, he wouldn't get thrown in jail. It's just CG, right? It's like a, yeah, it's just, all the goofy stuff with the card, right? The card.
1: Right, right. That's what I said. It's just the card, all that card stuff. But it is throwing and catching, catching, throwing and catching, throwing and catching. I throwing. mean,
0: that, that's the thing. It's, I, I'm, like, I thought my Excalibur one was dumb. That one's dumb, too, but there's some really cool – I mean, cool in the sense that, hey, this is a dumb scene. Grifflet. If, if the scene didn't suck, it would be cool. Uh, <laughs> a lot of throwing and catching, yeah.
1: All right, um, all right. So I have uh, a couple others for runners up. One would be uh, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Throw me the idol, I'll throw you the whip.
0: Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah, that is good.
1: Uh, so I really like that one. Um, there's also, as far as like throwing something to yourself, and this is not a toss. It's in the great dueling scene between Nigel Montoya and the masked man when. Uh, the sword gets thrown in the air. He doesn't uh, flip, and then he catches his own Oh, yeah, sword. yeah.
0: Right. I was uh-huh. thinking of something like that too where somebody throws something in the air, catches does some cool move, and then catches the thing they threw. I'm sure there's something that I'm missing, but I was trying. I was even like Googling. What's the movie where someone throws something in the air and does something and then catches what they threw that didn't return it? Like, that doesn't Resident
3: work. Evil 3 and 8.
1: Well, the great but, thing about this is that the timing is so stretched out. It's ridiculous. Right, right. Uh, but, but I really do love that moment. And then finally, it's uh, um, Dom catching Letty as she flies across the. Uh,
3: uh, she's not thrown. Okay, thrown. She is
1: <laughs> she's thrown from one car thrown across thrown. the no. uh, Dingus, overpass. Do
3: you want to get in trouble, Dingus? I don't.
1: You've kept,
0: you've kept your nose clean so far.
1: Let's not mess that up. Yeah, I'm impressed. But I did I did think that was nice.
0: I was thinking, too, of things like. Uh, nice! Like Batman, like. Maggie Gyllenhaal getting thrown. Actually, this works. Does the Joker throw Maggie Gyllenhaal off of the building? He pushes her off of it. So oh, shoot. Yeah. No, in it's an a push. Way. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the way that R2D2 pushes. Uh, so here's here's the Jaws one. Uh, there's the great bit where Quent uh, meets Hooper in his little workshop there. Uh, oh, and okay. he says to Hooper, you know, he's totally not into Hooper, and Hooper knows it. And he says to Hooper, tie me a sheep shank, and he chucks a bunch of rope uh, to Hooper, yeah. and he's right next to Hooper when he does it. So Hooper's like, well, you didn't say how long you – or how short you wanted it. And he ties it, and he's giving Brody looks like, get a load of this guy. And he's doing his sheep shank while Hooper is crossed to the room. So when Robert Shaw has to throw the rope to Richard Dreyfuss, they're standing right next to each other. But now that Richard Dreyfuss has tied the knot – It's a big, unwieldy piece of rope. He's got to throw it across the room to Robert Shaw, and he does. But Robert Shaw, you can't really elegantly throw a bunch of rope like rope goes everywhere so when robert shaw reaches out to catch it like it sticks on his hat brim and it goes everywhere any other actor would be like wait do do it over i didn't catch that didn't work but but robert shaw is so into like his fuck you hooper mode that he just even though it's messed up the brim of his hat and it's it's all he just like knocks it out of the way and keeps walking over towards hooper delivering this
1: line oh, okay. it's
0: awesome it's awesome like he catches it, but still, it's a piece of rope and like almost hits him in the face. But he doesn't care. He's so into the moment.
1: Uh, like throwing a handful of spaghetti, I would guess.
0: It's exactly, Dingus, exactly. You're never going to be able to look cool catching it, and Robert Shaw doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here, he, here's the one that uh, that I meant to put in my 3x3 instead of Excalibur, but that's what I get for not numbering it. I had it at the bottom, so it looked like runner's up. Um, in War of the Worlds, I was talking about in uh, Close Encounters, like how how Steven Spielberg does great family chaos, and in the beginning of War of the Worlds, there's a different kind of family chaos with Tom Cruise and his ex-wife and his ex-wife's new husband and his two kids and his daughter, uh, the talented Fanning. Uh, you know, she still adores her dad, but then his son, there's a lot of tension there, and he's Robin. really tr- trying hard yeah to get through to his son and it's not working and he's not he's not a good dad the movie isn't trying to pretend he's a good dad it's not it's it's not romanticizing the the single dad thing he sucks at it uh so at one point he says to his son let's go we're going to go out and play catch and his son wants no part of it so he throws a glove to his son and a baseball they go out in the backyard and there's the bit that even i understood where it's more he in the puts Boston. on oh, yeah. yeah exactly he puts on a baseball cap for one team and then his son puts on one for a rival team Is that how it is? Most people – exactly right. Most people would get that. So they're throwing the ball back and forth, and it gets increasingly tense, and they're throwing the ball harder. And the ball being thrown is kind of an expression of their unhappiness as it accelerates between them, and and finally – Robbie gets the best of Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise just wails the ball at him as hard as he can, and the kid just steps aside and lets, and lets it go through the window, and it's mm-hmm. the window of Tom Cruise's apartment, so he broke his own window. Yeah. Um, but the throws and catches, accelerating in their intensity as they're getting increasingly put out with each other. Uh, I really like how Spielberg made a family dynamic out of that that throw and catch bit right there. So it's like a War of Worlds. Uh, yeah. Okay. Austin sure. And art. Everything I said about Excalibur, forget that. I meant to say what I just said about War of the Worlds. Uh,
3: The crow catches the guy's eye in Excalibur (laughs) 2.
0: That's – no, no. I thought – no, no, not at all. Uh, Brendan Gleeson's eye catches blood in 28 Days Later. That's true. Yeah. It's not loose by a crow.
3: Yeah. Oh. Did you say a zombie throws it? No,
0: Kelly Wanda. A bird.
3: Superman catches the earth in Superman. No, he
2: doesn't.
3: He, he spins it around. A... That's not ca- Wan, you're yeah, terrible at catching. He catches this game. it with his feet
0: when he lands. Wan, I can only hope you're better at giving us a 3x3 three three than you are at the <laughs> dynamics of catching and throwing.
3: I don't what think do you... so this week. <laughs> what do you, what got, you got, got for us? us? It's pretty similar to what I just said in terms of quality. <laughs> uh, in honor of Mother's Day, it's three no. best vehicles. It won't be Mother's Day next week. <laughs> whatever nerd, whatever holiday nerd.
0: <laughs> i know right. what date is look at me i cut you off it almost sounded like you're saying three best
3: sequels uh three best vehicle horns so like a car or a truck or a spaceship or an orchestra wait or, an
1: orchestra wait, wait that's not a vehicle
3: or harry potter in that movie with uh, juno temple or uh, what movie is harry Potter in with juno temple it's, it's called it's called
0: horns,
1: horns.
3: It's oh, very bad. I, I forgot. It's based on a book by Joe Hill, your favorite author.
0: Oh, good. I actually quit watching horror. I almost never do this, especially to horror movies. Oh, so I bad. always believe that they're going to. Re- they might redeem themselves. They might have a cool scene halfway through. Horns. I was like, yeah, I'm out of here. I gave I tried up. Tried to it.
3: watch it with Grasshoff. No What's more.
0: that mean, Kelly? People listening might not understand what that means.
3: I watched it with a podcast listener <laughs> who read the book, and we were like, "What?" And we were like, "The book jumps the shark, but this movie's." Just going, finding new ways to suck. Jump the shark. Should Dingus see horns? <laughs> I think he's seated. He sounded really depressed about it.
1: No, so. I saw I saw tusk, and that was all I could stand. Oh, no, I it's sad. too
3: soon! Too soon! Why would you watch that over Speaking horns? Of people, dying, I know.
1: I I apologize. I know. Yeah.
3: Hate the correct movie. God.
1: Michael was it? Michael Parks.
0: Yeah, something? he died. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, Powers Booth is sad and all, but Michael Parks, he was. He's a great actor. I loved that guy.
1: Yeah, I really did love him, too, but still. So this is... Wait, horns? Yeah, you Kelly vehicle what? horns, and then you went into orchestras. What the fuck?
3: Three and best said, vehicle horns in movies. You can use cars, trucks, Transformers, planes. Transformers? Um, Optimus Prime's horn. All right, I'm into this. Optimus Prime? Bumblebee?
0: I still don't know if Optimus Prime can fly.
3: Luke's land
0: speeder, Luke's X Wing. Is R2 D two is a robot? Is R2 D two when he does his noises, is that a horn?
1: No, because he's well, not a vehicle. He is in the prequels.
3: That's right, he flies. A good he's a rocket. Yeah, yeah right. but he isn't a passenger except the lightsaber.
1: That's right, he just ejects noises. He doesn't actually he's a make cargo
3: them. right. He's a lorry. Kelly Wand, what if their listeners thinking, oh, I know of a
0: great vehicle horn that I'm I want I'm sure they
3: are. Their listeners probably read. already done. Yeah,
0: because I know in anime there's a lot of cars that might beep and make horn-like noises, so I should, get, I should tell Kelly Wand about this in exhaustive detail. How can those people
3: participate, Kelly Wand? I picture right now oceans of nerds drooling as they listen to this and start writing with pencils on sketch pads, like movie titles with horns on them, car horns, excitedly.
1: Mm-hmm. oceans of and, nerds
3: and going yeah the snatched was disappointing but I got this to look forward to uh,
0: if they wish to participate real quick, real quick Kelly Wan, I have a question for you guys good writing yeah. bad writing when Gary Oldman says to Winona Ryder in Bram Stoker's Dracula I have crossed oceans of time for you dingus good writing or bad writing
1: you've already stipulated this is bad writing so I'm not going to fall into this when did I do that you've done this many times Kelly Wan, is that
3: true? I don't remember it. I like I'm that. Trying line. to decide I if it's that was right. bad writing.
1: Yeah, I think you did.
3: No, I like that line. I was going to say. Why good would writing. it be bad? Can right. I change my
0: mind if I once said it was bad? Yeah, I like that line. And I, oh man.
1: Well, maybe maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe right. I thought we talked about this before.
0: Well, when Dinga, when Kelly Wan said oceans of nerds, I I thought of that. So I. I, you know what? I, I've, I've crossed
3: oceans it. of nerds for you. He tells one a writer. You can't far. do that.
0: There's no. You can't cross oceans of nerds. But oceans like time in <laughs> an ocean.
3: They are unbridgeable.
1: <laughs> you can if you're uh, if you're surfing at a They Might Be Giants concert.
3: Climate change too. It's raising the temperature of them.
0: All right. Well, I think we we now know where I stand on good writing and bad writing. So, Kelly Wand, go ahead. How can the listeners participate?
3: That was Bram Stoker's (laughs) finest work.
2: (laughs) There's
0: no way that that's in any of those epistles, in in the actual Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's got to be all whoever wrote that that movie. You pronounce it Dram Stoker. I said said Bram, and I know the name of MacGruber. Powers Dooth, that's what you said.
1: (sighs) Did you can. really say that Oceans of Time was a, was a good thing before? I thought you said it was a bad thing. I don't,
0: I don't know, but if I said it was bad, I've changed my mind.
1: All right. Maybe
0: you said it was good, and
3: Dingus thought to himself, "What an idiot!" <laughs>
0: That's
3: <part> Because <laughs> he still sounds baffled that you think it's good.
0: Well, you actually didn't. Uh, so part of part of good writing, bad writing, Dingus is what is your opinion, not will I say you're wrong. Um, All right. You're you right. Really like that line. No, Maybe I love that line. I yeah, think I it's very poetic.
1: I think it's poetic.
0: Yeah, and it's Usually, it's, it's a non-stupid part of the movie. There's a lot of dumb stuff in that mo-
1: movie. But I'm it also distracted...
2: Like
1: the- I'm distracted yeah. by the way he talks in the movie. Right. Because the, there's that moment where Keanu Reeves, like, cuts himself, and he says, like, mind you don't cut yourself. Like, he licks his finger. And it's really creepy, and like,
3: this is the way he mind talks. Mind you so don't weird. cut yourself. Does he say
1: that? He says something like that.
3: That's what a vampire says to be. That's how he warns you to be careful, that he's a vampire. Mind you, don't cut yourself. (laughs) That's what a lot of people make the mistake with. Uh, All right. So Tom's dram stoker. I never said dram. If you wish to participate in this exciting three by three contest (laughs) of cinema... The three best vehicle horns in movies in honor of Mother's Day, 2017. Send your picks to three x three at quarter to three dot com. No anime has horns in it that I can think of. <laughs> Howl's Moving Castle doesn't have a horn. Suck it. What about uh, Kiki's Delivery Service? Is there a horn there? I thought we we're talking about anime and movies. <laughs>
1: What is there a horn?
3: Does Totoro have horns?
0: Yeah. Do Totoros have horns, Kelly Wand?
1: No, no right. horns. They're hornless. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly
0: They're Wand. Two,
1: three best whiskers.
0: What? If, what if the listeners uh, see Alien Covenant and they have a thing or two to say about
3: that? I can't imagine that being possible. But on the off chance, the address <laughs> instead for that is three x three at quarter to three dot com, but with a subject heading that says Alien in it. Very or good. Or Covenant. So but I guess that
0: means that we're watching uh, Alien Covenant next week and we're talking about horns in movies on vehicles. Join us for that. <laughs> Courtesy of Kelly Wand. I have been here with Christian <laughs> Mietrzewski. It's Christian Mierowski. And with Kelly Wand. I like to bram a
1: lot. <laughs> you still trying to ride this train? Change we used to be crazy. Can we go back to
3: how was? I'm too good for that. Just remember we all day. I ain't Oh, what about when Vin Diesel uh, caught the tank uh, with his uh, teeth? In Witch Hunter, last.
2: I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept Apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the Queen's heart
0: was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die.
2: That wasn't your choice to make!
1: Go Go limp. Go limp. Go limp. Go limp. Go limp.
3: And... I'm limp. JK, I'm not limp. Ok, erbo. Uh...